And now for a special episode of the Pop Zara Podcast. You like me right now. You like me. It's movie time. What's up? Welcome back, everybody. You like me. You love me. Actually, you don't love me at all. You hate me. You hate me with a passion. But you love this podcast because it's the Pop Zara Podcast movie time with an exclamation point because it's super exciting. It's the Movie Time Podcast where we talk about movies. We talk about things we like. It's been a while, but something brought us back into the fold. It's the Oscars, or should I say the Academy Awards, the things we love to hate, hate to love, and they're coming. The nominations came out last week, but we're here to talk about the best, the worst, and everything else that we liked, loved, loathed, and frankly didn't give a a poop about in 2022. I can't do it alone because my voice is shot, so we got Ethan Brem. Ethan, welcome back. Hey, how's it going? And we brought in special guest, as always, Pop Zara's own Christian Sterling. Christian, welcome back. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? See, I can't, I can't, I can't pump you guys up any more than that. <laughs> you have to settle, settle I, I for think, that. I think people are. Do you think people expected the Crypt Keeper to come back for this one? Or oh goodness, I, I I couldn't make him fit. Like I don't know. Like like let me ask you a question. Of all the people in Hollywood, who's scarier? Like let me put it this way: the Crypt Keeper has never killed anybody, but Alec Baldwin has. We could get yeah, Alec Baldwin, true. and that would be scary. So, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. He, but he was in Beetlejuice, so he gets a pass forever. I'm sorry. That's. I think that's what it was. I think because he was in Beetlejuice, he gets away with everything. But mm. anyway, guys, uh, last time we chatted, we talked about Halloween. We talked about Crypt Keepers. Uh, that was a good one. It was very, very popular. Thank you very much. Appreciate everybody. Uh, but we're here to talk about wrap-ups. We're here to talk about what we saw, what we didn't see, what we'd like to see, and frankly, a lot of cool speculation. Uh, 2022's gone. Like I said, the Academy Award, what, what year is it? Do we know? Is it is it the 93rd? Do we, do we have a time mm, for that? 90, maybe? Maybe. Oh, God, I wish I cared more. <laughs> the uh, 100th, uh, 95th. 20, 29, I think, is the 100th, right? So. I think, you know what's funny? I think Mel Brooks is 95. He's like 95 or 96. So I think if you just remember Mel Brooks, you can remember what the Academy Awards are. So he's still alive. He's got the History of the World Part 2 coming out. I don't know if you saw the trailer yeah, for that. I did, yeah. I don't know what to think, but it's happening, whether I like it or not. So anyway, guys, there's a lot to go over. Like I said, we saw a lot this year. I know I saw I actually looked at my list, and I was actually kind of surprised. I'm kind of ashamed of myself. But um, we saw stuff. We loved stuff. We hated stuff. We were indifferent to stuff. But let's talk about stuff. Like, Let's flip a coin. Okay, Christian, you win. Let's talk about what you saw that you really, really liked. Let's start off with you in 2022. Give us a pick. 2022. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. I, I got to admit, there wasn't too many uh, great stand-up films. I thought in 2022, I ended up binge watching a lot of stuff from the 90s to to make myself feel better. <laughs> but something that did something that did feel like the 90s again or 80s, depending on how you flow, is uh, Top Gun Maverick. Who the hell is that? Maverick to range control. Entering point alpha. Confirm green range. Uh, Maverick, range control. Uh, green range is confirmed. I don't see an event scheduled for you, sir. Well, I'm going anyway. Nice. Setting time to target, two minutes, 15 seconds. 2.15, that's impossible. File attack point. Maverick's inbound. What's that? Um, I, what is that? Is some indie film? What is that? Yeah, it's like probably one of the smallest. It's probably the, the smallest like movie ever made by Tom Cruise. Bloomhouse. You know, a little. I don't. Even, I don't know if you ever heard of him. A twenty four. Yeah, something like that. But um, <laughs> and it's funny, like, cause, like, 
Top Gun, the very first Top Gun, I can't remember what year that was made, but it was, you know, massively successful because of uh, like all the, the aircraft and, you know, the, the, the uh, Navy aviation theme going on. But when you watch it today, it's actually a crap film. Like I don't, I watched the original Top Gun and it's got a garbage story. Like you watch it because it's got it's got cool jet aircraft. But the follow-up, Top Gun Maverick, um, just re- it's just so much fun. It reminds it reminds you of uh, why you go to the cinemas. It's it's been a long time since I've seen a film where you go, yeah, this is exactly why we invented the, the cinema, why we have the big screen, why we have the surround sound. Uh, it just reminds us that films can be fun again, and uh, and that a sequel can be better than the original. And uh, and if you know, if you're if you're a Tom Cruise fan, you know he's you know he's delivering the goods as as he usually does, and um, it's just the most incredible footage. You know that you'll see because it's it's old school. I don't, I don't if there is any CGI in it. It's very little, uh, but I think just about all the aerial footage you see of the the jet aircraft they did that like for real. Like they've got real cameras inside real jet aircraft, military aircraft, and it's just an incredible um, film to watch on screen. You know, it's it's and it's really fun. You know, and uh, and it's got a better story for a change. And like it's a military story. Not it's not it's never going to be Shakespeare, but uh, it's just fun. And I think that's why so many people went and went and saw it. Um, yeah. Well, I remember uh, when I saw it, I was texting you guys, I remember, and I I felt everything you felt, and I couldn't help myself. I, I felt like a dork when I was texting you some of those messages, so please erase them. But I, I remember I said something like, this is the best theatrical experience I've had in like 10 years. Like this is yeah. one of the, I think I said it was like, for me, it was like one of the best three theatrical experiences I've ever had. And I meant it. I didn't I didn't want to build it up too much, but it, it was. <laughs> it is. It, it always, it might always will be. Um, Ethan, did you finally ever see it? I think you said you saw it. Oh yeah, I <clears throat> I loved it. Um, I'm again not I'm with with Christian and I think probably you too, Nathan. Um, not a fan of the original, but you know what's so awesome about Maverick is that it doesn't matter if you love the original, doesn't matter if you hated the original. It's like its own thing. It, it's it's like impervious mm-hmm. to to whatever canon was there before. And uh, and yeah, man, I it, like Top Gun. Yeah, we're gonna look back and say Top Gun saved uh, movies, I think, because you know you had a couple years with the pandemic and stuff, and people were unsure about the history of cinema, and it's still kind of you know people, it's it's a little bit uh, it's gonna change, but I think this is proof that okay, um, it you know it lights a fire under the studio's butts, and like look, you can have butts in the seat, but you got to make something. As you got to make something that has heart. You got to make something that's not preachy. That's just fun. It's style and substance. You got to make something that like Top Gun Maverick, and and uh, and I think that it's I think it's one of the be- I think it's going to be one of the most important movies when historians years from now they're going to look at this movie and, and it's going to be it's going to mean more than than how good the movie was if that makes sense. No, I like yeah. I, I will say this though. Um, I think it's worth noting that Top Gun Maverick was the highest grossing movie of the year during 2022. I know Avatar surpassed it, but yeah. um, but I will say it was it became the highest grossing movie of the year, highest grossing movie of Tom Cruise's career. Uh, became the most purchased VOD movie of all time, the biggest movie of all time on a streaming network. Like everything that Top Gun Maverick touched turned to gold. And that's a sign that a movie wasn't just an obligation. Like you see so much with the Marvel films. And I'm not mm-hmm. poo-pooing the Marvel films, but they come and they go, like, I don't even remember how many Marvel films came out this year. They they feel like an obligation. Like you have to see it because you have to understand the next one. But Top Gun Maverick yeah. um, was exciting. Like it was exciting. People thrilled. And I don't know. I, I don't want to spoil it for, for the one person in this planet that hasn't seen it. 
But did you guys get the sensation that they knew what they were doing when they made this? Like they knew what they had and they kept they kept pushing and pushing and pushing? I don't even know. Like it, I, I've asked myself that same question. Like did, was this something that, you know, I mean, I'm sure once they watched it, they knew. But, you know, while they're making it, do they know it, it was going to be this good? I, like, I don't know. I It's it's you can't tell. Really. Well, because, you know, like Cruz was on like Tom Cruise was adamant that this movie was not going to go to streaming. Like they, they were really adamant that it was going to be a theatrical experience that you needed to see yeah. it in theaters. And it sounded like a lot of her, you know, hyperbole, but you do. You kind of do need to see it in theaters to really appreciate everything. Oh, yeah, I think because they shot it, I think because they shot it for real, that that's how you know. Like for example, you can one of the, one of the reasons why this movie stands out from everything. And don't know, I'm, you know, I enjoy my CGI as much as the, as the next person, but it was mostly practical effects. You know what I mean? Like when you see real aircraft doing what what's being done in that film, you can't fake that. And unfortunately, CGI just it's it's not as it can't replicate that feeling. So I think when these guys were, were shooting it and they could see the dailies and they were cutting it together, as opposed to looking at some like 3d mesh model on a computer screen being you know well being built in a computer when you when those guys were filming that must have been a rush that must have been like they they knew when they were filming they had something special because they were doing it for real you know well yeah it reminds me a little bit you know when people talked about um oh what was it uh what was the uh the oh goodness i can't remember the name of it right now i don't want to get the name of it wrong um you know mad max fury road when, oh yeah, yeah. You remember, you remember, yeah. You remember the talk about that—that that very minimal CG, a lot of practical effects, and it was extraordinary. And mm-hmm. yep. we, we we keep seeing the signs of how movies could look if people paid more attention to the cinema craft of it instead of just the economics of it. And I think twenty twenty two saw that a lot with a lot of films. I know Christian, you mentioned that there wasn't you weren't impressed with a lot, but I think from a technical perspective and an entertainment thing, I think twenty twenty two was definitely better. Than 2021 and 2020 mm-hmm. but i but i i say it's going to be an interesting argument to say what the best cinematic movie of 2022 was but i think top gun is easily in the top three maybe the top one it depends so yeah and i know this isn't the, the top gun podcast but i do have to say <laughs> well, what, also, wait 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 hold on not <laughs> i also have to say though hans zimmer's score yeah it was fantastic it, it's it's it was so old school and the way he used Danger Zone as a motif, oh my gosh, I, that was my favorite part of the movie was the was his music in that. So I, good. I, final thought about Top Gun Maverick. I mean, for now, um, it's the best Star Wars movie since he re- <laughs> because this is a better Star Wars movie than all of the new Star Wars movies put together. Um, yeah. Like the movie, the movie is so the movie is so silly. Like there's there's the enemy, and you don't even know who they are. They don't even bother giving them a name or identity yeah. or country. Just they're bad guys. Just they're not even bad guys. They're just there. They have no names, no nothing. But yeah, go for it. Go for it. Uh, okay, Top Gun Maverick. Everybody loves it. What's next, Christian? Um, the Batman. Uh, yeah, I, I like I say Batman's been done to death. Um, you know, but what I really enjoyed about this one is you know in its own little world. Oh, okay, they're making a sequel, so it's going to have its own world now. So I take that back. But uh, you know, you've got Matt Reeves taking a really sort of dark. I know that's cliche. Ooh. Batman's dark, <laughs> but it's just you know it, they took a more gritty film noir approach to making the Batman, and uh, and I got to admit when I first heard Robert Pattinson was playing Bruce Wayne, I wasn't sold. 
Um, but I remember back in the day, I wasn't sold on Heath Ledger being the Joker until I saw it. You know, so when I saw this film, I thought, this is this is fantastic. It's got a completely different vibe to all the other Batman movies, and it was more about him uh, being a detective. You, you know, Finally. I mean, all the you know, especially yeah. Exactly. There's all these Batman movies, and I don't really see a lot of detective work. I mean, especially the world's greatest detective or something, you know, this, this genius. And uh, all these Batman movies have him doing the suit, doing all the fighting. Maybe, I mean, I guess in Batman Forever, him and the butler had that two-second bit where they're trying to break a riddle. I guess you could count that, but not really, you know. But uh, but this was the first one where he was actually, you know, trying to solve a crime. <clears throat> and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, and for once, the Joker wasn't the poster boy bad guy. They turned the Riddler into this this hardcore like serial killer. It, it was very much reminded me of seven you know like the, the mm. bad guy from seven and um it's very much like seven actually no, i said out loud and essentially the, the, the riddler's this psychopath with these riddles and, and he's just got the batman yeah he's beating dudes up on the way and he's got his toys but it's him early in his career so the toys aren't like too over the top it's, it's much more stripped back and uh i just love that it was more story driven as opposed to um I don't know him trying to defeat whatever famous bat villain he's against. You know, um, yeah, it was it was great. It just had the the best tone and uh, the best tone to it, and I, and I loved it. And I thought I thought Pattinson did a great job. Actually, I think he's a great Batman. So um, yeah, that's, he's um yeah. <clears throat> he's really proven himself, hasn't he? The last few years, he's been in some really yeah. interesting things, and uh, he's he's earned a chance. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pat, Pattinson's one of my favorite actors. Um, uh, you know modern actors and um yeah he was perfect here he played bruce wayne as like like i i always like val kilmer as batman because i always thought that he kind of blurred the line you could it was like it was like the, out of all the batmans um before this one before pattinson he was the one who most uh you could believe that bruce wayne and batman were the same person um and and pattinson did that too i think um and he played him as like he played bruce wayne as like insecure kind of creepy like sociopathic but like he's like confident still and uh and yeah i just love the fact that it was like he had to overcome this anger and and uh you know he had the super part of the superhero but he didn't have the hero part yet and um Mm. yeah and it was also the first time i think that we could imagine batman in our world like because obviously like we're always immersed in these worlds but it was the first time we could imagine him in our world like he has the other cops are kind of like appalled by him like what are you doing here like it's weird there's a guy dressed in a bat suit walking around like helping the cops or trying to help the cops and they're like dude get out of here like it was awesome i, I just love that that uh groundedness that this movie had i got a question um i'm ashamed to say i actually haven't seen the batman yet i was on my list i just i was catching up look, look have you seen my list i got a lot of stuff on there <laughs> But um, you, miss, you haven't seen Vengeance. I <laughs> well, they just announced they just announced the sequel, and it's called The Batman Part Two. So nice. that's what yep. it's called. And that's then right. they and then they announced another Batman movie, Batman: Brave and the Bold. So you know what that means? We are now going to have separate, parallel Batmans, plus the Joker, which is not related to that Batman. So we got the whole Batmaniverse. So there you go. Um, cool. Quick question though. Um, out of there's a handful of actors in 2022 that had like the best year of their careers, including mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. But um, what do you think about Paul Dano as the Riddler? Because Ooh, yeah. cause he was in this and he was also in the, the Fablemans. Fablemans. Yeah. 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 By the way, should have been nominated for the Fablemans, but didn't happen. But yeah. Also, also shout out to I'm uh, kind of TV movie both uh, combined. Jenna Ortega too had an incredible year. By the way, she did. Um, yes, she, she had did. like a ridiculously good year. Like uh, like 
I there's very few people who've had the year that she but had. The kids the kids call it she ate. So she <laughs> she she ate. But uh Yeah. No, I don't spoil anything. But I know there's a man dressed like a bat fighting a bad guy in a city. So You got it. I got it. Like I think I can figure this out. So I, so I need to see the Batman, but you guys loved it. So on to the sequels. Okay, Christian, what is next on your list? Um <clears throat> This one's a bit long and a bit self-indulgent, uh, but I couldn't help but enjoy it. Uh, my wife found it boring. Uh, Avatar: The Way of the Water. The Way of yeah. Water. Sorry. Oh, you mean the biggest movie um, in, in a long time? So. Yeah, pretty much. The, the, the funny thing is, though, um, like, it's up there with Top Gun, but for a different reason. See, yeah. Top Gun was really fun, and while I enjoyed Avatar, Avatar is a cinematic spectacle uh, where you're seeing all the talent of the like of the filmmaking arts come together to just create this wonderfully impressive culmination of just like artists and that sounds really wanky but mm. it, it's just it's just a visual spectacular and meshed with just visual sound and i hate i'm not a fan of 3d films uh, i went through it twice i saw it in 2d mm. the first time so i could just enjoy it for what it is and then i tried it again in 3d and it takes me ages for my eyes to adjust once my eyes adjusted took about half an hour I'm like this actually looks incredible in 3d as well it's just it's just a cinematic masterpiece but this it's just really self-indulgent it's a bit it's a bit long so while i would say it's technically i guess cinematically uh for i don't have a better word but better than say top gun top gun was more fun but this is just impressive you watch it and you go this is mm -hmm. like i can see why it took them so long to make this film you know and, I, and i'm looking forward to seeing the others it's just it's just a bit long that's all um the, you can tell james cameron's in love with the ocean there's a there's a <laughs> lot think? of stuff that needs to be cut out yeah just a bit there's a little section i call frolicking with the fish and it's like dude i don't know how much more i can handle watching these people swim with the fish and whales and all these things but it's like it's the most boring like like middle but section but if you cut that out it would be a lot better but it's 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 fantastic like if you haven't seen it you, you need this you can even if you don't enjoy the story you can appreciate it for its cinematic achievement if that makes sense did you yeah. see this did you finally see avatar Ethan? me oh yeah I, oh yeah I, saw avatar. I loved it um yeah yeah, yeah. I, it's uh, i love the first avatar and the, and the thing about the first avatar is it's like you know the biggest movie of all time <clears throat> um uh but it it was it's an it's I, I rewatched it too in preparation for watching the new one because I hadn't seen it in 15 years or whatever, and uh, yes, you know I, I loved it. Though. I, I was like, man, I, I was wondering how well it would it would hold holds up. up pretty it well. like, holds up really holy well. Holy macro! It is yeah. entertaining. It, you you just want to live in this world. It's like the ending is like triumphant. Um, it's it's I would even venture to say it's nearly perfect. Um, this the sequel is not a perfect movie. But I think you could even make a case that it's more likable than the original. It's more personal because the first one, I think the one thing that that is is in its way is, is you don't really maybe connect <clears throat> with the protagonist quite as much as as you do with with the characters in the sequel. I think um, I think when when they it's victorious, you're pumping your fists and you're like, yes, like this is awesome. And then you got the, the big whale. Guy. Well, I was going to ask you a question about that. Yeah. Did you ever expect going into Avatar, both of you, that you would get so excited about an action scene involving a whale? <laughs> that <laughs> seriously, like if I said yeah. that to you, you wouldn't have thought it, right? But yeah, and then so it happened. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's triumphant. It, it's really, it's really, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I um, you're right. The second one is a lot more personal. Like the best thing they did for Avatar was to make it about his family. 
Like yep. bringing in those kids. Sully stay together. Sully uh, stay together. Yeah, that's it. And um, yeah, I uh, I mentioned about Top Gun being one of like the three cinematic films of the year, and this is of course one of the three. Uh, <laughs> when I came out of this movie, I got to tell you something. I was entranced. Um, I told you I had some cinematic experiences in my life that were intense, and Top Gun was one of them. But th the number one on my list of cinematic wows has always been Terminator Two. And yep. I, I Terminator 2 was like a religious experience for me as a kid. And yep. Avatar, Way of the Water, returned some of that to me. And I realized it is the work of a master man, like a master filmmaker, who is doing, who is taking as long as he needs. He is doing everything he can. If he's not satisfied, he will wait, wait, wait. Yes, he loves the mm -hmm. water. If You know, if he had made a Terminator 3, it would be under the sea. But, <laughs> but, but the fact is, is that people say don't doubt, don't doubt James Cameron, and so much of the talk of Avatar was about the box office, right? So much of it, is, it has no cultural imprint, all that stuff. But that's not the movie; that's the marketing, right? Like, mm -hmm. and and maybe it's a sign that there is that you know, there's no thousands of fan fictions about Avatar, you know, there's no ten thousand TV shows about Avatar because the movie does the job it's supposed to. Like, you don't need all that crap because the movie can stand on its own. And it's so much fun to watch everybody be wrong about it. Everybody was wrong about what this movie would do. And of course, it, yeah, it made all the money. It made $2 billion plus. But I got to tell you something, though, Christian. I didn't find a second of this movie boring. Not one second. Um, the, the, I know the part you're talking about. And as soon as it <laughs> happened, I was like, this is an action screensaver. You know, like, yeah. like you mm -hmm. can put this as yeah. a screensaver and your screen you're going to be fine. But the scene when he's mm. when the, the kid is playing with the whale, you know, the injured whale and everything, I thought it was like, oh, wow, mm. this movie is taking its time. It's yeah. it's not rushing through. I'm not hearing quips. It's taking it deadly serious. You know, you have the blue mm. people teaming up with the teal people, you know, to fight the white people. And of course, and it's, I don't know, it, it it's world building in a way that's not dances with wolves. Like, you know, we saw that a lot with the first one. And it's exciting mm. and it sounds great. And the action is... <clears throat> I'll be honest with you, the best I've ever seen in a film. Like, yeah, it was it was fluid. It was yeah, like yeah. It was a dance. It was a dance. Well, yeah, it was really good. You know, you guys mentioned the three D, right? The three D makes the movie look better. It does, if you can see it. But you know, the, you know, it used mm -hmm. the high refresh frame as well, the forty eight frames a second, which mm -hmm. is a little distracting at first, but it gives a clarity that I think I want to see in these films again. And yeah, I I don't know what Avatar three and four and five and six and twenty is going to be like, but. I'm there in a way. I'm excited about Avatar in a way that I'm not excited about Marvel films. And that's mm -hmm. interesting to me. Nothing against Marvel, but I've seen it. I want to see where, yeah. where Cameron goes yeah. with Avatar. I don't know if you guys ever read John Steinbeck, but what he did so what he does so well, did so well in his books, was uh, he'd spend like four pages just describing the scenery. And <laughs> when I watch James Cameron, it's I even if it's just like swimming with a whale or like fishes or whatever, like I, it reminds me of something like that where it's just like you're building the world and and some people might be like, what is this? Like, why are there so many pages on, yeah. on like the trees and the the plants and the animals? But it's like because you feel well, immersed in that world when you do that. Well, to be fair, like Moby Dick was like that, you know, Moby yeah, Dick yeah. had like a hundred pages on whaling. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not for everybody. Maybe I, I get it. But yeah, I there was like there was a, there were moments in Avatar 2. I'll just call it Avatar 2 that that I never thought I would see in a film like as exciting as Top Gun was and Top Gun is exciting as hell. And I love it. Like, I'm not going to spoil anything for the you know, I guess we could spoil a little bit. But you remember, you know, the, the conclusion scene whenever when the movie becomes Titanic. 
and things start collapsing. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. this, and Sigourney Weaver, by the way, the goat. Can I just say that greatest actress yeah. of all time, probably. When she turns into like an anime pixie princess with her superpowers, <laughs> and you're you're just you're seeing something like you earned your dollar. Like you you so many times you go yeah. into a film and you're watching cartoony bad special effects. Like you're watching terrible. They're not even special. Avatar was the first time in a long time because I know you said not a lot of CG on on Top Gun, Christian. This movie's one hundred percent CG. But I'll say this, oh, yeah. except except for the kid. But I'll say this: um, they look special. They look good. Like they look really good. Like you you never feel cheated. And yeah, you get my money. That's why this movie makes all the money because people people pay for yeah. it. So yeah, it's the most impressive special effects you'll ever see. Yeah, pretty much um, today. Like yeah, yeah and. They're special. And the, but the thing is, the thing is, I love about James Cameron films. This is why, like, because you made the comment that, you know, we're not really that excited about these Marvel movies because they I enjoy watching Marvel movies. Yeah. As popcorn flicks, but they're soulless. You know what I mean? James, what makes James Cameron films fantastic? I've always been a fan of his, like, from the early days, is that James Cameron, yeah, okay, he pushes technology, but his scripts aren't about, like, te- technology per se. Like, his stories revolve around people and relationships that are set to a fantastical backdrop. You know what I mean? Like, for example, like Terminator 2, like, you know, Terminator 2 is one of my all-time favorite films, just like, you know, I remember that movie, like, changed my life, you know, from joining cinema, but <coughs> if someone sat there and said, oh, what's Terminator 2 about? And you go, oh, it's about a robot sent back in time to save the leader of the future of human resistance. No, 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 that's not what Terminator Terminator 2 is about a boy who finds a father figure in a robot. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's all it is. You know yeah. what I mean? And, mm-hmm. you know, and so James can, you know, and you look at aliens, you know, with Sigourney Weaver and go, what's aliens really about? It's about a mother, like, it's, it's about mothers protecting their daughters because that's the same thing with the queen alien. She's protecting mm-hmm. her, her, her eggs. Sigourney Weaver uh, protects Newt. James Cameron writes about, you know, real relationships and just puts them to a backdrop of a fantastical setting. And that's why his movies are fantastic. But he also puts in the time to, like, you know, push the technology to give you that fantastical setting. But it's all built around, like, connections between people or creatures or whatever and that's why his movies are so good well you know it's you know it's funny um and final thought for me on this is that we don't give him enough credit for something but we talk about sequels we expect sequels now we expect trilogies we expect tetralogies we expect shared universes we expect this but cameron cameron has been making the best movie sequels since the beginning if you think about it you know he did aliens he did terminator 2 you know now he's done avatar 2 like he he doesn't just regurgitate what he's done. Like if you look at the sequels compared to the predecessors that came before them, they are radically different films, but they exist in that same universe, but they continue the story. They're not just, you know, they're not just repeating themselves like beat for beat. And I think that's exciting. I think, I don't think you can say that Avatar Way of the Water is just the same movie as Avatar. I don't think you could. It's not at all. And so I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, (laughs) what did Martin Scorsese say? This is cinema. So there you go. So okay, enough yeah. enough uh, enough avatar because we'll be here all day. So next on yeah. your list, um, you you know what? Those first three are pretty big movie titles, and mm-hmm. uh, they took quite a bit of time. I'm, I'm happy. Do, do you want to move on to like Ethan? He can cover some of his. I just uh, I yeah. feel like I took up a huge chunk of time with those three because they're quite know. large. I, I I mean we're we're all talking. I mean, I, I mean <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, okay. I mean, unless you don't want to talk about a. A masterpiece, you know, of cinema mm. again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. no, well, I, just, I just don't want to be hogging the. Oh. Hogging my, okay, no problem. No, we're sharing. Um, we're sharing. We're sharing. Yeah, 
cool. So another film. So this is going to be a completely different genre of uh, movie. Everyone, anyone who knows me knows that I love my my violence and my horror films and my mixed genres. So uh, next one on my list that I saw that I absolutely loved um, was Violent Night. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Violent Night has got uh, this, this David uh, David Harbour, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, David Harbour. He he plays Santa, and um, it's it's like someone watched Fat Man. You know, with Mel Gibson playing Santa, said, "Here, take my beer and watch me push this up a notch." Right, and it's essentially, it's like a Home Alone. It's not like Home Alone. It's, it's like a mix oh, of it's it's Die Hard. hard. Kind, kind of yeah, Home Alone, though. They nod, they nod to Home Alone too. Yeah, yeah, that's, they nod to Home Alone. Yeah, but it's like yeah, yeah Die Hard, Home Alone, Fat Man, and essentially <laughs> Santa is this disgruntled, alcoholic sort of dude who's a bit over Christmas because you know he's disgruntled with the world and the kids these days. And uh, he inadvertently gets involved, uh, like I guess, in a glorified home invasion. These mercenaries attack a really wealthy family, and part of that attack, like uh, when the reindeer hear the gunshots, <laughs> they, they they bugger off out of there, and they and and Santa is stuck there, and he's left to deal with saving this family. And I don't want to say like too much more, but essentially, there's more to Santa than meets the eye. I say, and so he just goes to town and just one by one just takes out like just like john mcclain does in die hard 2 and just takes the terrorists on christmas eve and it's 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 ridiculous but it's it's so well done and uh and john leguizamo is like a ridiculous villain he hates christmas but he just spits the lines out like venom he's got some great lines and you know i mean even the mercenaries are are named after christmas i can't remember (laughs) their names but like like one of them you know for example like i'm candy cane or i'm tinsel toe like you know just it's it it Taste the Mickey out of Christmas while being nice and violent, uh, while still having like the whole family values thing in there. Uh, it's got everything, man. I really enjoyed it. It was uh, <laughs> one of my favorite movies of the year. It was just once again a lot of fun. It's silly, but uh, I, I really dug it. And um, yeah, and, and uh, I don't want to. I won't say how. But the ending, it's got a nice, uh, rewarding ending when you when you see how the final villain is taken out. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty sweet. It's really good. Um, that this was probably my most anticipated movie of the year. Then when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, man, I got to see this movie. I was I was like clamoring. Um, then I watched it and it was literally exactly what I wanted it to be. Nobody from last year. Nobody. The movie um, was was one of my top two from last year. Yes. And this was kind of like this that same kind of vibe, you know, uh, like a action comedy, but with the gore and the effects were really cool, too. And um, super fun, um, insanely fun, I would even say. And uh yeah, I was like, how did nobody think of this concept before? It was such a, it was one of those concepts you watch and you're like, yes, this is like Santa is delivering presents and he saves a family. <laughs> like, how has that not been done before? And uh, and here it is. And um, yeah, and there's a little origin stuff too for Santa. Oh yeah, the origin. origin a little the origin bit. story. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, really good. Yeah, well, I loved it. You remember, Ethan, we talked about our, our very first episode of this particular podcast. We talked about Santa Claus, the movie, and Fat Man. Oh yeah, Fat Man, yeah. And uh, I don't know, Christian, I know you've seen Fat Man, you reviewed it, and you've, you've actually become like talky with the director, I think. But um, yeah, him and I were buds on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember? But do you remember? Um, have you seen Santa Claus the movie where like half it was like this incredibly serious Santa origin story, where the movie opens with Santa and Mrs. Claus freezing to death? It's so insane. <laughs> but I'm not going to spoil it here. But when you find out Santa's origin, I lost it. Mm-hmm. I lost it. I, I couldn't like I I knew it was going to happen. But if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it for you. But 
you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah no, I was, I'm avoiding it. Yeah, because that's a nice little. Yeah, it's a nice moment. <laughs> let, me, let me put it this way: it's the antidote to th- to Thor's story last year. I'll just say that. Oh, geez, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. so Violet Night, everybody loved it. Um, yeah. Next, 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 next. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Um, I really enjoyed the Woman King. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, starring uh, Viola, da- uh, Viola buff, Davis. Is the buff is the Viola Davis. Buff. And holy moly, buff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's basically like 2022's Braveheart uh, for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I got him. I wasn't really, wasn't really like ex- expecting much. There just wasn't much on that weekend. I go, yeah, I'll, I'll go see the Woman King. And uh, it was awesome. I, I was just like ridiculously impressed. Um, like, you know, I've seen like a lot of movies where, you know, they try to convince you where they've got like some female action person like beating the crap out of men that are twice their size and, stuff. and you know it's hard to get into when you see those type of movies just because it just doesn't look like i just can't get it, it doesn't look like they could do it these women absolutely i'm watching them just annihilate like you know their, their male opponents and at no point did i ever sit there and go oh geez come on as if this could happen like this couldn't happen you know it was just so like believable and viola davis is just this machine she's just so ripped and uh yeah I, I really enjoyed it, um, and and it's not just like about the fighting as well. There's all this like solid drama in there, and you know, yeah, it's got like it's you know, it's themes about slavery and whatnot as well. Um, but it was just, I, I just thought I just saw one of the most like incredible performances from Viola Davis, and then I found out she wasn't nominated for an uh, She's not nominated for the Academy Awards. I'm like, what the, fuck? you know, what's my language here? What the hell? <laughs> how, how did she not get nominated for like the Woman King? She is brilliant in it she's so good she is intense and uh and she just perfectly mixes like all the 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 drama uh like the, cause the character's got like a pretty like personal story arc in there as well as the as well as being a warrior and like a mother character and a mentor she just nails this role and um like this is worth seeing just to see viola davis mm-hmm. uh like do her thing it's it's a fantastic film right. yeah she's always great though like um did you guys ever see that movie the director i'm, I'm gonna mispronounce her name and i apologize uh gina prince by the wood by the wood the she's the one who directed the woman king did you guys ever see the movie beyond the lights or i know no no i, I you know i saw that and i thought it, yeah i heard it was good but it was I, very I, good. When I saw the trailer i thought it was gonna be like one of those like weird you know not very good movies but it, uh, apparently it was pretty good yeah or i think christian you saw the old guard right did you like that the old god. Uh, Same director. I did watch it. Same director. Yeah. Um, Charlie's there, right? I don't really remember. Oh, sorry, Charlie's trying to think about about it. Um, I think I enjoyed it. I don't. I don't think I really enjoyed. It. I think I found it entertaining enough. Um, Is that the one? I can't that really remember. It's kind of like Highlander, right? They live forever or something. Was that the one? That... It sounds it's... awful. I'm going. Yeah, I must have enjoyed it, but I can't remember much about it. I, <laughs> I don't remember it, but I know I liked it. So that happens sometimes, though. Like something will trigger it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Ethan, did you see the Woman King? I did not see this. Um, it was on my short list of of ones where I was trying to do the the year uh, catch up, the year end catch up, and I just didn't get to it. Yeah. Um, I think it was a little longer, and I just was trying to uh, shoehorn some of the other ones in. But um, it's on my list of must sees, though. It's on my list, Christian. I promise. Don't beat yeah. me up. Don't mm-hmm. send Viola Davis to my house. I will watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think. Yeah. One last thing I will say about the thing I liked that even though it's obviously got strong themes, um, you know, about the slave trade, 
uh, it's not rammed down your throat mm-hmm. like other films do. You know, like it's it's there, but it's not like <clears throat> about that. If that makes it makes sense, but it is, yeah. but it isn't. Like that's not what they're really focusing on. So no, it's a good. Yeah, it's worth watching, man. You should check it out. Nice. Well, enough talk about strong um, female warriors. Let's talk about something completely different. Something completely different, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll go one last one. I'll go one last <laughs> one, and then uh, I've got like a whole stack. But uh, the last one I'll, I'll talk about that I that I really enjoyed was Prey. Mm-hmm. And um, so, for those that know, Prey is a prequel to The Predator, and it basically follows uh, what's the what's the actress's name? Hang on, let me pull it up here. Uh, Amber Midhunter. She plays. Uh, a female uh, Native American Indian who, you know, like a lot of, you know, a lot of, you see this trope a lot where, you know, she doesn't really fit in with being the role that is expected of a woman. She wants to, like, be a hunter and, you know, she wants to do what the boys do, so so to speak. So she has a little trouble fitting in. And then essentially, you know, <clears throat> she witnesses the landing of a space, of a, a spacecraft, which, funnily enough, is with the, where the Predator is in. And then, uh, and basically, you know, her, she goes out and is hunted by the predator, and has to rely on her training to to basically hunt it back. You know, in a, in a nutshell, I don't, I don't want to give it too much away, but it's just it's just fantastically different from all the other predator predator films we've seen in the past. Because I'm a big fan of the first one, I like the second one. Let's face it, the rest yeah. of them have all been pretty garbage. Yeah. Uh, but what what is awesome about it is that uh, at the end of Predator Two. There's a scene in there where it pretty much reveals that the predators have been coming to Earth a longer period of time than we than the audience may have suspected, and so basically, prey. You don't need to have seen the other predators, but it's linked to the the first two films in the sense that it goes here. We're going to go back a few hundred years and uh, show them when they first like uh, the early days of them rocking up to Earth to hunt humans or, or not just humans, they hunt other things as well. And uh, it's just back to basics. You, you know, it's um, you know, like it's it's a slightly more uh, I'd say slightly slightly prim- more primitive predator than the ones we've seen before but uh you know he's up against an adversary who is a hunter like it's not ridiculous you might look at it and go okay there's this you know you've got this small like female character taking him on but it's not like arnold schwarzenegger where she's going to town and you know trying to fight him one-on-one you know she's using hunting tactics she's using the environment um you know it's, it's very much cat and mouse so it's it's done in such a way that yeah absolutely that you know the the characters that the predator takes on do have some kind of fighting chance against it, and it's just it's just a, a great a great predator film for, for a change, you know what I mean? And it gives hope that they're gonna hopefully do other movies kind of like this, where you explore maybe other eras of Earth of Earth's like humanity's history, where you know these creatures have come and, and hunted us, and it doesn't have to be you know like a direct sequel, or they don't have to overthink it. Like they just really went back to basics with it, and um, it's it's brilliant. I really enjoyed it. Did you see this one, Ethan? I did. Um, I actually wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, I was. I know I'm in the minority. I mean, it, it, uh-huh. for me, for me, like the storyboard was good and the action was was really good. Uh, I just didn't. I guess I just didn't buy into her motive. I mean, like she's like risking her life to fight this like, uh, you know, like un- indestructible thing to prove everyone wrong, and then everyone she's trying to prove wrong died and anyway and it's at the end of you know it's like well then it's not that rewarding to prove everyone wrong if no one's there anymore i don't know it was like i was i couldn't buy into the whole but ethan killing a predator is its own reward (laughs) i was like like, it's not worth it (laughs) i didn't see it as as being worth it and especially after everyone dies i was like it's definitely not worth it if everyone's dead (laughs) you know spoilers don't say everyone dies um, listen um (laughs) 
Christian, when you were saying it's about a girl who's, you know, unsure of herself, like if this was a pure Disney film, like she would break out into song and she would go on a mission with the Predator and they would have adventures in the forest. <laughs> Probably. And she, there would be no bad guys. There'd be no bad guys because it would yeah. be nuanced. Everyone would have nuance in, in a prequel film about why they became bad. So we avo- we avoided a lot. Um, I have not seen this, but most people I've seen, Ethan, liked it a lot. So I'm, yeah. I, you might be in the minority there. Oh, uh, yeah, I know I am. But, yeah. uh, but man, the last Predator movie was terrible. Like Predators? Or not Predators. Um, what was the last the one? That, yeah, was Shane Shane Black actually came back to make it? Ooh, Predators was pretty good. The one with Topher Grace. I liked that one, actually. And Adrian Brody? Was that the one? Yeah, yeah. And Adrian yeah. Brody and uh, Dan, Danny Trejo, Lawrence Fishburne. I liked that one a lot, actually. Man, yeah, that was good until they brought in the super predators. Like, then they started adding. You know, they always do this. The studios, always, like, it's like with aliens, they got to create like a different version. You go, there's nothing wrong with the creature, man. You just need to come up with a better story. Don't just come up with a different version of the creature. But, but uh, I'll just say this: uh, yeah. the, the original Predator is awesome and timeless, and Still one of the best. yeah, one of the best '80s movies. Like, doubt no no issue. But no, um, but. Maybe this is the beginning of a new series, though, Christian. I like people. People always thought that Predator would do better as like an anthology type of thing, you know, where they don't all yeah. need to be connected. Like, there's so much there. So we shall see. Yeah. Um, let me see. I, there's a few more on your list. Did you just want to run through them real quick? Um. Okay. Like I said, I didn't want to take up too much more time, but I'll just I'll just say real. You quick. You got somewhere uh, to be. Really... You got somewhere to be. No, I'm just saying. I'm just realizing that you guys also got to see your bits, and you know, yeah. we haven't really covered anything we hated. But okay, oh, uh, we I will. really enjoyed Fall. We will. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So real quick, I really enjoyed Fall. Uh, it's about two girls who climb on top of a 2,000 foot radio tower, uh, and get stuck up there. It's uh, it's essentially a one location sort of thriller. Um, they got no way of getting down, no way of communicating. Will they survive as the vultures like try to pick them off, and you know, and their resources are running out because they've obviously got no food and water. And then they, you know, they learn a bit about each other. Yeah, it's one of those stories, but uh, it's really well done. Um, uh, don't read spoilers really to this. Don't read spoilers to this. Someone spoiled this movie for me, oh, so right. don't don't read spoilers. Oh, really? Yeah. That's all, I was going to leave it at that. I just uh, I yeah. really liked it. It was really simple. Like they really got the uh, vertigo down pat. Like the way that they shot it, it made, makes my stomach churn. Going, oh no, I can't do that. I can't. Oh, no, you know, I just uh, yeah. So I really enjoyed how it made the, the pit in my stomach feel um, because it's not much space on this radio tower. So yeah, I thought it was great. Like the tone and the feeling I got from it, I really liked it. You know, um, um, it's got special effects in it too. Um, did you guys know that this was the movie they spent like ten million bucks removing the f bombs out of it? Did you hear about this? Yeah. Yeah, they had to like, yeah, they had to use deep, they used deep fakes to redo their lips. So every time they say F, you know, it's something else. So they spent a lot of, like, they could have done that to Henry Cavill's mustache mouth on Justice League, but they didn't, (laughs) but they did it to fall. (laughs) So go figure. But it's done well. You can't tell that they deep faked it. I couldn't tell. I knew that before I went in and I couldn't notice it. It's crazy. Um, So the next one I really enjoyed quickly is uh, uh, The Whale. It's, um, it's not brilliant. But it's got brilliant performances, in it, if that makes sense. I enjoy watching it. It's another one of those one. Lo- it's a one location film, really. Uh, I think it's adapted from a, a stage play. Screenplay? Yeah, the stage play maybe. Sc- I can't remember. Screenplay by the guy who did the play. So yeah. So um. So it's like one location. Um. You know, it's a very depressing film. It's uh. It, you know, not, not a nice movie. But at the end of the day, I enjoyed, enjoyed it just because I enjoyed watching Brendan Fraser in uh, a performance that. Yeah. Is worthy of a an Oscar nomination. You know, I just, I just, yeah. You, you watch the whale for its 
for its performance. Um, not so much the story. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. So um, next one on the list here. I don't know why I wrote blonde. <laughs> uh, that that's meant to be on my on my list that I don't like. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I didn't want to. I, I was going to be like, wait, what? I didn't want to fight you on this one. So no, no. So no, I was writing my list out. I was adding a couple of extra titles real quick, and uh, I put it in the wrong spot. So yes, no, I didn't enjoy Blonde. I thought it was garbage. Uh, so we'll take that off. Okay, we'll, um, we'll get that. But out the there. the last one, very quickly, I'm sure one of you guys will probably cover in more detail. Is uh, is it the the let me make sure I pronounce it right. The Banshees of Inishirin. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Inishirin? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. It's a made up. Uh, yeah, talent, I think so. Starring Colin Farrell and Brendan uh, Gleeson. Uh, it's a. I didn't. I knew nothing about this film before I watched it. Um, Nate, you, I think you sent me a copy, and it was just. Uh, I'm just so mad. I, I'm so mad that both of you guys saw this, and I have not seen this. It's on my oh, list. you haven't seen it yet? No, oh, no, no, no. no. Yeah, I was, I was, I wanted to sit down and watch it because I'm a big fan of the director. In Bruges is one of my favorite movies of the last decade. Yeah. Um, I've heard nothing but good things. Everybody likes this movie, so. And uh, yeah, it's a. It's quirky, man. It's really, really weird. I had to put on subtitles because uh, I'm not really good with accents, but I yeah. just couldn't understand that the accents are so thick. We had we had to put on subtitles, but uh, it's just this really bizarre. Uh, basically, you got two two friends in a small town, small Irish town, and um, just one day, one of them just goes, "Ah, oh, mate, I don't want to be friends with you anymore," mm-hmm. and then the other one spends the rest of the film trying to figure out why, and then when he finds out why, trying to reconnect with him, and it just gets really dark and weird still funny at the same time I'll, I'll leave it at that because i don't, don't want to ruin it for anyone but uh, it's just fantastic performances and just absurdly quirk like i know just not a lot really happens to be honest but i'm just t- had me totally engrossed uh the whole time it's just uh yeah it was just this weird little film that uh just had me enthralled for nearly two hours i loved it yeah it was good yeah, it's, it's a it's a think piece for sure it's like mm. For me, I, I really enjoyed analyzing. I like movies that I can just watch it and then keep thinking about it and keep thinking about it. And like, um, yeah, it, it was fun. And it's Martin McDonough, the director. He's mm-hmm. he's done four movies. They've all been insanely good. Like four of the best movies of their years or or, or decades or whatever. Did he seven do? Did he do the thrill? The three billboards. Yep, he did three yeah. billboards, and then Seven Psychopaths was the other one. Uh, in Bruges was his first one. Um, yeah, so this is his fourth movie. He does a lot of uh, uh, stage plays, I think. Um, but yeah, this was so good. It, it was just it. It's like a really cool commentary on like, on like wh- how we view ourselves within society and why and how obsessed we get about it. And that's pretty much well the gist of it. And it's it's cool. If we could be a little regional here, like the the Irish sort of excel at these type of stories, don't they? Like when you look back at some of the great novels and the great, you know, the great epics of the 19th, 20th century, like so many of them are Irish related. Like I, you know, it's, it's so funny to me, but, um, quick question. I have not seen it yet. So, but has, besides Tom Cruise, has any actor had a better year than Colin Farrell? Another. Yeah. He's another, he's one of my favorites too. Yeah. Like he's, he's just had like the best year he's ever had. In After Yang also. Yeah. And he was in um, that Ron Howard movie about the was it Fourteen Lives as well? Oh yeah, I, I don't think it. I don't think anybody saw it, but it, it was there. Yeah. It happened. Okay, uh, good list. Um, can I assume the rest of these on your list are the bad ones, Christian? They're the bad ones. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll save that. For, we'll save that. We'll save the scum and villainy for after this. Let's get. Ethan, I don't have your list, so you're gonna have to shock us. Oh yeah, I I, I like so. surprising. I like keeping people off, catching people off guard. 
Um, is that what right, we call so, it? Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just go through some. Uh, okay. Some I I I kind of like ranking stuff, but the first few are kind of just out of order. Um, okay. First one I want to talk about is is bodies, bodies, bodies. Um, it was the first movie I watched this year. Where I was like, this might be the best movie of the year. Um, although I I really ended up liking how this year turned out, honestly, movie wise. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of like this really smart satire on Gen Z and uh it very slyly pokes fun at the people you know as people say like the word problematic and toxic too much like it makes fun of those people and uh and it's basically a murder mystery but there's a little more to it and it's these people trying to figure out who's the one who's murdering is going around picking people off one by one and uh it's just it i think it's brilliant I, it's it's one of the smartest scripts i've seen and and you don't everything kind of comes together with the ending which i'm not going to spoil um uh, yeah and it uses kind of like a stressful scenario to expose everyone's flaws and their personalities and it's like scary at times and it's like really funny at other times and it's just immensely intriguing and works on a lot of levels i don't know if you guys saw this one no i think did i i sent you a screener for it didn't i yeah 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 another one i didn't get to see but you did i'm jealous did you see this one christian uh, no, I, I got to admit, I, I think I saw the trailer and I wasn't sold on it. Um, yeah, I, might be I was the same way. Another one. I was the same way, but yeah. then people kept watching it on Letterboxd, and I was like, I got to watch this movie. And I was like, it was getting good reviews, and I hadn't, I didn't read anything about it. Um, yeah, I, I recommend it. If you, if you think you wouldn't enjoy it, you, you should still watch it because it's not what you think it's going to be. If that makes sense. Okay, cool. Because it's got yeah. a lot of, it's got like a lot of young actors in it, right? They're all yeah. like in their twenties or something. Pete Davidson See? is like the biggest name in it what yeah. see that's you know, why i probably didn't watch it yeah like, but uh, how, really how does that happen promise, how does i promise you it, it's gonna subvert what you think is it's gonna be i promise okay <laughs> <laughs> okay bodies 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 what's yeah. next uh next one I'm, i want to talk about is a movie that i've seen uh probably about 10 times this year uh maybe and i is that's it animated just, is it animated it's an, it is animated of i have course. two children uh, <laughs> of it is called luck and yes. I watched it at I think it came out maybe like July August ish, uh, maybe September. And uh, it's it's the first movie from uh, Skydance Animation. It's really fun. It's about a war. It's kind of like the Wreck It Ralph uh, premise where there's like this underground world that like controls all the luck and like everything in this world is very like. Uh, themed so there's like it's run by like uh rabbits and black cats and like the leprechauns and like stuff like that and then on the flip side there's like the bad luck on the under uh, underneath it and everything's like backwards anyway so this girl finds herself in the land of luck this human girl and she's basically trying to find um her way out of there uh so and yeah it it's it's <coughs> the first movie from john lassiter since he left pixar yeah. And it's legitimately funny and the world building is ridiculously good. And you compare it to like something like Strange World, which was awful. And it's like it's night and day how how much better this is a world that you feel like you want to go to and visit and explore. And the other one's like bland and just pink. You, you know, what's funny. Um, you guys, I don't know if not to segue real quick, but you guys familiar with like the story of Apple and Pixar? Like, yeah, Steve Jobs. Like and you know there's a, there was that thing that Apple became less magical when Steve Jobs died, and yeah. you know there were, and then you know the argument was oh no 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 people are there, 
But I think you could make that argument about Pixar and Disney a little bit when John Lasseter was booted out. Yeah. And here you are with his first production with, you know, under Apple's banner with Skydance, and it's better than anything Disney's done this year. Yeah, it's better it's it's better than anything Disney's done in a few years. Yeah. Um you could just tell they had fun making this and it's not preachy at all, but no. the, it has a really unique message that's like even like for kids, it's like a really cool message um at the end of it. My kids absolutely love this movie. My 2-year-old wants to watch this all the time. We have to like put a limit on it. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's a lot of fun. I especially if is it Simon Pegg by the kids. way? Simon Pegg does it. Is Simon, right? Simon yeah. Pegg's one of the voices. Um, uh, Jane Fonda is one of the boy she plays voices. the dragon, right? Yep. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg. Did you see this? Did you guys see this? Oh yeah, I saw it. I like I liked it a lot. It, it, uh, it's I a haven't fun seen. It. I've never I've never heard of it. It's yeah, like it's all um, news to me. I it's think, an Apple Apple TV uh, exclusive. I think. I think Apple. But, I think Apple minimized the uh, the marketing for the very reasons we talked about. Like, there's still yeah. some. I don't understand it, but there's still some residual animosity towards Lassiter. And, yeah. you know, I mean, for better or for worse, I mean, that's probably going to stick with him for a while. Yeah. We also saw this in theaters um, because it, it, we were like, oh, let's see if it's playing in theaters, too. And we got to watch in theaters also with, with the boys. So, it, um, yeah, it was a fun it was a fun movie. Cool. Um, next one I want to talk about is uh, one that I thought would have gotten nominated for Best Picture. Uh, it's perhaps the biggest snub this year i think um it's called after sun um it's one of the best movies i've seen in a long time wasn't my favorite of the year but it was definitely one of the most well made um it's about the relationship between a father and the daughter um right before it's like their last vacation and, and it's implied the whole movie that after this the the dad is going to probably like kill himself um it's very dark but it's also like fun and it's about kind of like the obliviousness that children have that we have uh, when we're kids to what our parents are going through. And like, we, we have no idea like the, if they're dealing with depression or anxiety or whatever. Um, and it's set in the nineties. And so there's this camcorder, the dad's really into this camcorder. And so he's recording a lot of stuff. And then later on, it serves kind of as uh, like a symbol for the objectivity that we see from uh, versus like the limited lens of like nostalgia. So like you have the video camera, which is what actually happened. And then you have like her memories of the nostalgia, like, like how she views it as an adult. It's like insanely deep. And um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's definitely worth watching if you want something. It's not an easy watch, but it's a, I guess it is an easy watch, but it's, it's, if you uh, can relate to it too much, it might be a little tougher, but uh Definitely. A good Interesting movie. though, um, it did get one major Academy Award nominee for Best Actor for yeah, he Paul Mescal. The, yeah, the dad got it. Yeah, he was also in um, oh geez, uh, the movie from last year, The Last Daughter, um, which this movie actually kind of reminded me of the one with Olivia Coleman and Dakota Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good movie though. I think if anyone yeah hasn't it, seen it, it was on my, it was on my list. I didn't get a chance to see it, but it was definitely there. Yeah. So, Okay. After Sun. So what's after next? After that? After After Sun. Um, I'm going to go against Christian here. Crimes Mm. of the Future, I watched. So this, first of all, this year has been a heck of a year for like legacy filmmakers. Um, Between like Spielberg, James Cameron, even Tim Burton got the Wednesday show. Uh, George Miller had the the 3,000 Years of Longing, which was really good. Phil Tippett. um, Yes. And uh, even Walter Hill had a movie that no one saw. 
But then you got David Cronenberg, who I think besides the Spielberg movie, the Fablemans, I think this is the most impressive to me. Um, it doesn't like it, it's it's set in a world. It's like so abstract. It's set in a world where like pain doesn't exist. And certain people are evolving in a strange way and like growing extra organs for seemingly no reason. And um, I think it's it, for me, it changed kind of like the way the possibilities of cinema without having to do like multiverses or alternate dimension. It, it does it just in a pair in like a, a linear uh, narrative. And it just, uh, I compare this to like everything everywhere all at once, which takes like the high concept. And I'll, although it's like, it, that is a fun, it has fun with that concept. It also, that movie also says like, Hey, look at this high concept where this one is just kind of like, it's very lived in, and it's even though it's a super absurd uh and it's it's another like think piece about like the possession of art and the intentionality of art and um like here the art is being created subconsciously with they view like the growing of the organs as like an, a form of art and you'd go wait wait but but doesn't art have to be conscious but the argument on the flip side is well inspiration is involuntary so it's it's like this really really thought provoking idea but it is a very i could see why people would not like this at all it's it is tough to watch it's a challenge it's like super challenging well and like if you don't if it's not clicking with you it's you're not gonna be able to to kick with it i got some bad news for you ethan yeah um there's been stories about people are starting to eat plastic (laughs) this is true look it up (laughs) seriously i'm not joking i won't get into the details why they're eating it but people are melting plastic bags and eating them so wow yeah did did you see did you see this one nathan um i actually began to watch it before some work happened but like you said it is a look i like cronenberg um i'll probably like it better than christian because christian i know you like your slashy horrors a little more than i do sometimes and Mm. but um i knew it was going to be something that i was going to have to pay attention to so it's on my list to finish so yeah you got you got to be willing to like you gotta drink coffee like right before you watch it and just like be super focused. Well, his uh, his son's a grotesque filmmaker now too. He, he yeah, that he made Infinity that. Pool. It yeah, just yeah, came out. yeah. It was a, was that on Sundance or was that is that out? Oh, it came out. Yeah, um, came out. Yeah, I didn't see that. And I didn't see his last movie, but he's definitely following in his dad's footsteps and making you know grotesque. So yeah, but um, okay, crimes of the future. What is in the future next? Um, next one I really like. This might be uh, one of my most controversial picks. It's called Meet Cute. Uh, also with Pete Davidson, strangely enough, but he's more of he has more of a leading role here. Um, I'm a sucker for time loop movies, man, and uh, uh, mm-hmm. I love time travel movies too. But time loop movies are just so fun, like because time travel has like virtually infinite possibilities, but the constructs of time loops kind of force the 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 writers and the directors to to kind of be creative with their stories and the premises. Um, so this meet cute sells itself as another time loop rom com. However, the catch is that the protagonist, who's played by Kaylee Cuoco, um, has control over the looping. So, like, where a normal person tries to escape the time loop, this character is, like, obsessively wants to stay in the time loop. And um, the time loop is a tanning bed time cool. machine that can only go back 24 hours at a time. And um, and she basically discovers it, without giving anything away, because this plot really evolves over the course of the of the movie. It has some really, really nice editing choices in it i think um and and plot choices uh 
she basically so she discovers this the 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 pretense is that she discovers this tanning bed time machine the day that she was gonna kill herself and then she discovers it and she goes back in time she gets convinced by the person who owns it to go back in time she meets pete davidson's character falls in love with him and is like and she's basically like i just want to keep living out this perfect evening with this this guy who's perfect and um it kind of like i said it evolves and um kaylee cuoco's character is kind of uh she's kind of like self-destructive she's almost like a villain protagonist kind of like kind of uh, she's like kind of like a scarlet o'hara i'd compare it to it might be a crude comparison but in gone with the wind uh, or like a travis bickle even but not quite as psychopathic hold on a second you you just said scarlet o'hara and travis bickle <laughs> Like those are the same well, characters. They're both villain protagonists because <laughs> they're both unlikable characters. So I'm just like putting them <laughs> in in that sense, you know, she, a little bit of both. I would say she has the self destructiveness of Travis Bickle, but then like the uh, like she tries to like manipulate her situation and it, she fails like Scarlett O'Hara. It's it's all oh, oh, also it's set it's set in New York City. So it kind of has like this the same kind of vibe as like after hours or like uncut gems where like you kind of see the beauty and the grit of the city like all at once. And it's really a cool display of, of Manhattan, I think. Um, did you guys see this one? No, I need to see it though. I was it's on my list. But um yeah. No, I haven't. It it got kind of like uh, mediocre reviews and like a lot of people were not I think people just didn't know what to to make of it, but it's a fun movie. I I loved it. I thought it was actually really artistic deceptively so well you know what's really gonna make you sad in less than two weeks it'll be the 30th anniversary of groundhog's day that's crazy yeah Mm. we're in a loop and everything's groundhog's day including me cute so yeah that's true okie dokie so get us out of this loop what's next next one cha-cha real smooth uh i don't know if you guys saw this one it's it's kind of like a typical coming of age movie um and it's called cha-cha real smooth because it's about a, it's written, directed, and starring um, Cooper Rafe, I think you pronounce it. Uh, he had a couple other movies before this that I had not seen. Um, it's about a 22-year-old kid who's kind of unsure what he wants to do with his life. You know, same old story we've seen before. He's super personable. He works at, like, a hot dog on a stick type of place. But then he gets hired, like, at nighttime as, like, a party starter for bar mitzvahs. <laughs> and then in the process, he falls in love with this older woman who's played by Dakota Johnson and she's engaged and she kind of leads him on and it's just about him figuring out his, out his life and it's just a really funny and authentic movie one of the best scripts of the year I think incredibly tight script especially for a comedy um, the cast is great um, and a lot of indie movies kind of aim for this like specific brand of like quirky low concept comedy but like they it's really hard to pull off like this one does it um, yeah, and it just kind of catches you off guard, I think, like in the way that I don't know if you guys saw eighth grade or mid 90s. Yeah, um, it kind of like sits with you afterwards. Like, yeah, this is a really fun movie. Did you guys see this one? John no, I didn't even hear of it until you brought it up. Yeah, Same. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's a fun one. I definitely recommend it. It's got a lot of charm to it, and it's really funny. Um, yeah, not it didn't get a lot of press, I don't think. Uh, you're the yeah. press. You, I'm the press. Yeah. You're, you literally, you're the one right now. You're doing got, the press. <laughs> I got them covered. So, uh, okay, okay. Uh, well, what's what is next after Cha Cha? 
All right, another another one you guys probably haven't seen. Shocking. It's called, maybe Nathan's seen this. I can see. I don't know. You you, sent, you 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 bypass even my like extension. You sent me the screener, so there's a chance. It's there's called, a chance. It's called Brian and Charles. Okay, I wanted to see this because I'm a fan of the actors, but I okay. didn't have a chance to see it yet. Okay, you need to watch it. It's I do. <laughs> so insanely fun. It's like, and I love movies like this, that kind of like high concept in like a lo-fi world type of thing. It's shot, so the setup is it's shot like documentary style. Like it definitely takes inspiration from The Office tonally. Maybe like the best I've seen that does well, you The know, Office the, thing. The actor is actually uh, on Ricky Gervais shows all the time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. He's like Welsh or something like that. Yeah, he's he's a big star. He's one of the stars of that the Ricky Gervais show Afterlife that's on Netflix. Okay. It's really yeah. good. He's really funny on that too. Okay, I haven't seen that. Okay, cool. Yeah, he's. I mean, this guy's fantastic. I mean, he he co-wrote it uh, with one of the other stars. Let me get his name. Hold on. It was David Earl. David Earl. Yeah. So it's about a guy who's like kind of a loser, and he thinks he's an inventor. Like he 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 sell he basically he makes these stupid things like. <laughs> He makes like an oh look at this there's an egg belt and it's just like literally a belt that he made little like loops to hold eggs and then he's like oh here's a plunger refresher and it's like a plunger with like a zip tied water bottle attached to it so he can take a drink while he's plunging his toilet it's like so it's so bizarre and then one day he files finds his pile of trash and there's like pieces from a mannequin in it and some uh, like washer and dryer and he decides to make a robot i'm gonna make a robot and the documentary crew's just literally watching him like objectively and um obviously the robot doesn't work but there's a lightning storm that night and like miraculously the robot comes to life oh it's like short circuit. and yeah, yeah yeah basically yeah it's very much like that except like lo-fi uh, and it's just about the relationship between this weird guy and the robot, and it's hysterical. And the movie is just so consistently funny. It also <coughs> kind of touches on like this father-son dynamic. Like the only like the only accomplishment this guy's ever had in his life is this robot who eventually becomes like this petulant teenager and doesn't want anything to do with him. And so he's like struggling with that and, 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 and like he convinces himself he doesn't want him around anymore. And it's just and, and it's also like, OK, what happens when you make a robot who's more normal and socially acceptable than you are? Because this guy's like super weird. And it's just the tension that comes from that. Uh, I just thought it was absolutely brilliant and uh, super fun. And it, it's kind of like if you've seen Robot and Frank, anyone? Oh, yeah. Seen that movie? It's kind of like it's a, it's not the same tone or anything like that or, or premise, but it's British. It's, it's yeah, it's, but British. it's definitely like it's a such a British movie, and yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. Definitely recommend this one. Okay, uh, um, okay, just to make sure. So Brian and Charles got it. So yeah, Brian and Charles got to watch it. Um, I got two more here. Uh, the next one is another one that kind of I don't know if people really loved it or not. Uh, but I loved it. It's called Spirited, and it's a take. It's a Christmas movie. It's a take on uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Um, and it kind of treats the world of that story as like a continual operation that's that's continued into modern times. So Will Ferrell plays the ghost of Christmas present and he try he's trying to save Ryan Reynolds character, who's kind of like the Scrooge character. But Ryan Reynolds character is deemed unredeemable, which means like there's nothing you can do. He won't ever become a good person. And so what happens 
it's kind of like about what happens after the honeymoon period of Ebenezer Scrooge's redemption ends. So it's like it, it takes this hypothetical question of what would it have happened if we saw like a year after a Christmas Carol, like would he have stayed good? Um, and it applies that to this character, Ryan Reynolds character, kind of. And it's just it, it, it's a musical, too, <laughs> which is kind of bearing the lead, I guess. Uh, it's 11 songs and they're all really good. It's the same writers who did this stuff for uh, The Last Showman and uh, Dear Evan Hansen. Um, yeah, really good. And it's probably the best performance I've ever seen Will Ferrell give. You, um, uh, Chris, our producer, Chris Mitchell, uh, that was one of his favorite movies of last year, too. He lo- really? He, oh. yeah, yeah, he really loves Spirited. Awesome, cool. Mm-hmm. Did so, you guys see this? I gotta got admit, I. I I turned it off after 10 minutes. I think it was like 10 or 20 minutes. I hated it. Um, really? I did. Oh, so good. Yep. Uh, and I, I love Ryan Reynolds and I love uh, Will Farrell. And like, this is going to be hilarious. And then I go, okay, it's a musical. I can get past it. I'm not a big fan of musicals, but I do like the occasional one. And I, I just I hated it, man. I, I turned it really? off. I can't watch this. It's not much I can, not much stuff I t- I didn't think it was funny. I hated the songs. Man. And uh, yeah, I just, and, I mean, the song, I think there's only one or two songs I got through. Whatever ten to twenty minutes gets you, and then I I, I turned it off. Man. Yeah, yeah. Can I be honest? Yeah. I'm the odd one out. Yeah. I got no. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. Um, I was gonna put it on because I sent. I did I send you this? I know it's on Apple, right? Was it Apple yeah, TV? I think Apple it was, TV? Yeah, Apple. Um, I was gonna watch it, but then somehow I don't ask me how I forgot how, but I ended up watching Scrooged for like the tenth time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and it, once you start Scrooge, you can't stop yeah, it. You can't stop. Scrooge, so yeah. yeah, so I I, I spent a little time with Bill Murray instead. Cool. I mean, that's, I mean, can't can't fault you for that, I guess. But so. yeah, definitely watches. It's definitely a movie that I think people either love it or hate it. I think people either think it's ridiculous or they'll think it's super fun. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean. I mean, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. It's a musical; they're always divisive, divisive. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I don't even usually get crazy about musicals either, um, unless they're really good. But yeah, um, liked it. Can I be honest? Most modern musicals are terrible. Yeah, like, exactly, and that's kind of like like they're really at. bad. Like they just like they don't know how to make songs. Let's just be honest. Yeah. So I like Dear Evan Hansen, and everyone hated that movie. So because, I guess I'm because just... it had a forty year old playing a teenager. Yeah, I mean, you got to get past it though. I also like <laughs> like Scream. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you can't in the '80s. You could have forty-year-olds playing. That's true. That's but true. not anymore. Now they need to be. Not in, anymore. Yeah. So, okay. You said you have one more. You said. Yeah, I have one more. I, ha- I had okay. two more, but we talked about *Violent Night*, which was my second favorite movie of the year. My favorite movie of 2022 Uh-oh. is nominated for Best Picture. I so at least think I, can, I know where you're going with this. At least do you? Really, okay. It's blonde. I want to know. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's a it's a little movie called Elvis, uh, directed by Baz Luhrmann, and oh my goodness, I I didn't I thought I'd like this. I didn't think I'd love it. it I, I I would even say it's like easily my favorite movie of the year, and I liked a lot of movies from last year. We close down the movie house and watch Godzilla tonight. Don't trip, mud in the house, Billy. Let me tell you, I got a question. Get out, get out of my house. Tramping mud in my house, doing my head in. You ain't never happy. No matter what I do, no matter how much I give you, it ain't never enough. And I wish you would not drink so much. It's not good for you. Baby! It was a huge hit. Yeah, I mean, plain and simple, it's a biopic on Elvis Presley, uh, played by Austin Butler. And it kind of, it's kind of through the, the eyes of his infamous manager, Colonel Tom Parker, played by Tom Hanks. 
Um, I'm a big Elvis fan. Uh, we went to Graceland on our honeymoon. I mean, I've he was the first CD I ever owned was an Elvis CD. I used to do like an impression at parties for my parents when I was a kid. I, I love Elvis, and um, this kind of this kind of both fortifies and debunks the myth surrounding him. It kind of like shows how it it really was his talents and charisma that made him a megastar. Um, but this movie also kind of is stylized in a way that makes him feel larger than life while humanizing him. Um, but it also shows his passion for actual artistry and, and not just, he wasn't just, you know, a marketable figure. He was actually like an artist. And I, I, I thought it was great at 159 minutes. I thought I moved by really fast. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think I've liked the Boz Lerman movie before the, before this one, honestly. <laughs> Um, and this one was just, I knocked it out of the park, I thought. You uh, you reviewed this for Popsara, Christian, right? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. Um, what did you think? I, I, mean, I, I, I mean, you liked it. I can't but... remember what I wrote, but I remember I, I liked it. Um, but it ended up falling into the same thing as uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, where, because uh, I, I, I really enjoyed the film. I walked out going, man, that was cool. And then, um, but I like to look like there's events that are portrayed in that film. That I was like, surely that didn't really happen. That's a, that's you know so terrible that did. And you look into it, and you go, oh, that was just made up for the film. So uh, so <laughs> I enjoy I enjoyed it for like you know without knowing anything about Elvis. But when I went in because I kind of you know whenever they make biopics like that, I, I kind of want it to be you know as accurate as it sort of can be while still you know being entertaining. But I hate it when films uh, make things up to make to to push the drama. Like oh, well you can Google this stuff and find out that it didn't happen. So. Uh, so that was the only thing for me. I, I just didn't like there were a few, there were a couple of uh, key points in that film that are like key plot points in the film for like, you know, dramatic moments. And then you find out, oh, that never happened. So, uh, but other than that, yeah, I enjoyed it though before I found that stuff out. Yeah. See, <laughs> see I, I kind of liked that. I don't, I personally don't mind if movies are like biopics, especially make stuff up. To me, it's like, if it's going to be exactly what happened, then I can just read it on Wikipedia. Like, I want to be told, like, a unique story even if they like stretch the truth or like this or that like you know like uh, you know like he's not alive anymore i mean n neither is colonel parker i don't know because to me the movie was about his uh, like it, it was a advocate for his artistry and i think it proved that point and it proved the point of like this other dude was a total uh jerk the tom hanks character and and it showed that he and his wife really loved each other in through all the nonsense and him abusing drugs and sleeping around like at the end of the day like the, he adored his wife and his wife adored him and they stayed friends um all the way to the end and it, it depicted that brilliantly and um bohemian rhapsody i like too i thought bohemian rhapsody diverted a lot from the real story but well why why didn't you list the most accurate bio, you know musical biopic of 2022 you know Al Yankovic the Weird Al story I mean <laughs> yeah. that that movie that movie was so fidelic to the, what actually happened it was like watching a documentary <laughs> yeah that's like the anti biopic yeah <laughs> definitely yeah but but I think to me like I liked that it was like because with Elvis everyone I mean his story is so well documented and people know what happened so so much and. A lot of times, though, there is stuff that that you say that people have heard about him that's not true, and so it's kind of like more than any maybe any pop culture figure ever, 
he was a myth. Like he was there's a mythology about Elvis Presley that maybe Babe Ruth is the only other guy that could kind of like match that. Maybe Marilyn Monroe. Speaking of blonde, uh, you got like three. But but, mm. you know, like the mythology behind Elvis is is so prominent, even though it's even though his life is so well documented. So I like that this kind of balanced the two and you weren't sure if things really happened. And it kind of made it like irrelevant, I guess, if it happened or not. I don't know. That's how I saw it. At least I really loved it. I'll tell you what. I disagree on one thing you said. I haven't seen the film. I'm going to, right? There's a lot of films yeah. you guys watch I haven't seen yet. But I disagree that like his story is so well known. I think a lot of his legacy has been really, really unfairly tarnished. You hear all you hear all the times that oh, he was the what you know people call him the you know the white this the white that he stole black music and all this. And you know I think somewhere along the lines you forget that he was exceedingly talented, uh, very charismatic, and you know undeniably like, the first megastar. And yet he never like left the United States. He never toured. You know, he didn't do all that stuff. But yeah, I think. Um... And he loved blues music. He he just had a passion for for black music at the time. And he wanted to just the gospel music and and the blues. And he just wanted to play it. It wasn't it, he you know what I mean? And, and a lot of times people are like, oh, they're stealing this or stealing that. But he just loved it. And, and this movie really kind of is an advocate for that, I think, which was really well, beautiful. You know, and B.B. King's in it, too, which is cool. You know, it's funny, though. Uh, one time I think, like, ever since, like you said, Bohemian Rhapsody came out, they've been pumping these things out left and right. And Baz Luhrmann is an exception because he's actually a talented filmmaker. But for the most part, we're getting really close to, like, Lifetime Channel film quality. Like, I know you had the uh, the Whitney Houston movie come out. There's going to be, there was a, I think there was an Aretha Franklin one. Like yeah. nobody really wants them because they're not yeah. done with any style. They're, exactly. They're, yeah. yeah, they're just like VH1 biopics. The Princess Diana one too. Yeah. It's like I don't really want to watch those. Um, I want to watch something that has some style in it that but, is fun. But yeah. I was going to say I didn't really care for the Elton John one that came out a couple years ago. And I, I think it's because as much as I like Taron Adgerton or whatever, I just didn't think he was a good Elton John. But everybody seems to like the Butler. What's his name? Ashton Butler. As Elvis, Austin, Butler, yeah. Austin Butler. Everybody seems to like what he did with the Elvis character, and um, you know, R.I.P. Lisa Marie Presley, of course, right? Yeah. But um, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I mean, it's people. I mean, the movie was a hit, so we'll see what happens. But you know, Buzz Lerman, every ten years he comes out with something, so we shall see. So, uh, any more favorites for twenty twenty two? That I think uh, covered all the ones I wanted to mention, at least. Okay, okay. Um, well, let me get over mine. We already discussed a bunch of them. Uh, I will. I will only say what we already talked about. We don't need to go through them. Uh, near the top of my list, in no, no specific order, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, for all the reasons I said before, uh, one of the best cinematic experiences I have ever had. I'm almost afraid to watch it again on TV because I don't know if I like it as much. But it is what it is. Like you said, I agree with everything you guys said. Uh, same with Avatar: Way of the Water. I will watch this again, um, not for a while because it is long, and I I know what happens with a whale. Um, here's a movie that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've just loved. I love the whale. I I love I love the symmetry. I love. I'll just say this. You guys know what I'm talking about. The whale with one flipper who ends up. Yeah, <laughs> you you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And, and here's a movie, real quick. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on any of these, but one of one of the the biggest surprises I had last year was a movie called Funny Pages. Oh, I, I just watched that last night. Did you Did you see it? Yeah, um, last night I watched it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a masterpiece or anything, but it it reminds me of. Do you remember? Um, oh, what was the director who did uh, the one on Crumb? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Zwigler. Harvey Pickard. 
Uh, not no, that was American Splendor. Um, Which one are you talking about? Uh, there was a documentary about, like in 1994 called about Harry Crumb. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay, I know. What you're and the guy who directed it was Terry Zigloff. I, I know I'm mispronouncing it. He did Ghost World. He did Bad Santa. Yeah, that's right. Okay. But, but you know that nasty, dirty cartoon lifestyle. Nastiness, right? And you saw this film, right? Christian, did you see? Have you seen this? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. Um, it's the. I think it's the debut movie from uh, uh, Owen Klein. He's like the mm-hmm. son of Phoebe Cates and Kevin Klein. So oh, the, is it really? Yeah, there might be a little some nepotism. Oh, I didn't know that. But every single person in this movie is hideous. Like, horribly yeah. like they the cameras right in their face they're really gross i'm not, i don't mean to be like that but you know what i'm talking about it's disgusting uh, there's no good people here everybody's disgusting and it's just about the cluelessness of an artist who doesn't know what he wants thinks he knows what he wants doesn't know how to get it thinks he knows how to get it nothing nothing ends up in anybody's favor i won't spoil the thing but you know what i'm talking about it doesn't really go anywhere but where it goes is interesting so yeah, I, I like to. I wrote in my notes for that. Everyone, everyone in this movie could potentially be Joe Spinell's character in Maniac. Like they're all could be serial killers. Exactly. Everybody. Like every single character in this movie could be a serial. The killer. first five minutes is disgusting. I'll just say this. It's, yeah. It's hideous. It's disgusting. And, and I, I loved it that this guy and he almost because this the main kid who's awful, yeah, he's uh, awful. Robert. Yeah. He, he like he for all intents and purposes he's a good looking kid. He's like kind of even cool if you didn't know him very well and uh he kind of intentionally surrounds himself around these like weird people to kind of like ensure that he's at the top of the food chain and i i thought that was such an interesting concept that he just as long as he was better than all these people he moves he moves out of his suburban home to live in the ghetto in like a house where he can barely have any space like this is the he's the definition of, of a spoiled brat and entitled and he he just like destroys everyone's world around him. While in the meantime, it's like the house of horrors. Can I say that? Yeah, yeah, um, it's, it's interesting. I will say this: uh, look for the dad character. The dad is played by an actor named Josh Pius, and you might remember him because he's back from he's an older actor from the '90s. But I think he was like Raphael in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, but um, I don't really have anything much to say. It was a nice surprise, a very good debut from Klein. I'm interested to where he goes, but again. This is a genre of films about cartoons and cartoonists where the human beings behind the artwork are gross. I'll just say this. It's it's a larger genre than you would think it would be. So. It's kind of like a Barton Fink thing, too. Yeah. It's like the, yeah, the, exactly. weirdos, the weirdos are, are uh, like are figuring out what culture is like they're they're making our culture, but they have no idea how to relate. To but us. it's not quirky like a Coen Brothers movie. It's, no, no, it's yeah, warts yeah. and all. Like you feel the slime and the nastiness. Yeah. Um, that being said, it's not as bad as I made it out to be. It's just repulsive. Um, speaking of a movie that's not repulsive, my, my, my list of best is very short, shorter than both of yours. Um, this one, none of you guys mentioned, so I'll mention it. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Oh, yeah. I, I, um, <laughs> I love this one. Puss in yeah, Boots, so. The Last Wish. Um, maybe the best animated movie of the year. I haven't seen the Pinocchio movie yet. But the fact that I saw the Academy Awards nominated this and turning red in the same sentence, and I just laugh, like laugh, laugh. I'm laughing. It's just no, no, no. So um, at least Strange World wasn't on that list. Look, I would have, I would have had no respect for that. I'm championing. Look, I'm championing animated films. Okay, but yeah. this is this is this is like DreamWorks Renaissance. DreamWorks had a great 2022. Uh, they had this. They had the bad guys, and that is better than anybody else that had a, that had this year. And so I know, Ethan, you're a big advocate. Chris was a big... He wouldn't shut up about it. 
Um, Christian, I heard you say you saw it, so I don't know what you thought about it. But oh, I did. I, I really enjoyed it. It was it was adorable. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. animation, the animation style styles kept interflecting d- depending on what they needed to be. It reminded me of Kung Fu Panda a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, very very hand drawn, like cell animated, but done with a style and panache that was wonderful. And I'll be honest with you, the cast is fantastic. Like, um, I won't spoil anything, but the one who plays the wolf, right? Yeah. I kept so I kept looking him up. Like, who is this guy? I didn't know who he was. And I thought to myself, yeah, exactly. I yeah. don't need a star. I don't need George Clooney. I need a cartoon voice in this movie. Yep. He was he was so good. I thought yeah. I was like, oh, it's got to be someone big. Never heard of this guy before. Yep. Exactly. Um, um, and in the plot a, only the plot only works too with a with a cat protagonist because of the whole nine lives thing. The exactly. only way this plot works. But having Antonio Banderas back again with Selma Hayek was awesome because I lo- those two have been in what a hundred movies together, maybe yeah. two hundred. Mm-hmm. But the chemistry's there. Everything's there. It's it's tangentially related to Shrek, and I think there were some elements of Shrek that were like spliced in. But this is an independent thing. Um, let's see where DreamWorks goes from this one. I don't want to oversell it, but this is again, arguably, maybe the best animated film of 2022. So uh, I haven't seen Pinocchio yet, though. So you never know. That's uh, that one. That one's this one's uh, this one's uh, better. But yeah, Pinocchio. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The next, uh, I got a couple more. The next one on my mm-hmm. list is is animated as well. Um, if you haven't seen it, you'd be forgiven. Made me laugh more, almost more than any other movie of 2022. Beavis and Butthead do the universe. <laughs> so I don't, I'm a big Beavis and Butthead fan. This made me laugh. Um, there's nothing special about it. I don't know. Have you seen it? I, I wanted to see this. I, I didn't end up getting to it. Christian, it's, I was on I have, Paramount I'm Plus. Paying, I've been paying attention oh my god i didn't know that was i don't have to watch that now my, my oh, wife's gonna be very happy if, when oh, i saw her she's gonna be even happier because not only is there a movie there's a show that continues the movie <laughs> so the the juxtaposition of it is is that there's a, how many multiverse movies were there this year like 20 um this was one out of all the multiverse movies this was one of the best multiverse movies but um the the big conceit was that aliens from uh, not aliens but a version of of the universe with the smartest beavis and butthead who are both still stupid you know, they, they get sucked through. They end up working for NASA. They don't get me. They get in space. Something happens. And they get sent into the multiverse. And one of the biggest fun is you get to see Beavis and Butthead had they actually aged in real time. So they're, <laughs> they're, they're middle aged and they're, they're living on disability. And, and, and it's just it's awesome. And, and there's a, the marquee scene is when they walk into a college, right? They're walking, they just happen to go into a feminist studies class. And the teacher berates them for having white privilege. And they're proud of it. So they think they think, oh, we have white privilege, yeah, yeah, and they start going in and they start robbing things. They're like, get out of the way, white privilege. So it's, it's really fun. It's it's Mike Judge, and he's taking the piss out of everything. And by the nice. way, um, I won't spoil it for you, but they just announced that uh, King of the Hill is coming back. They revived oh, it. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. So good, good, good on Mike Judge. That's all I got to say. When he nice. when he hits it, he hits it. Uh, let's see what else on my list. Uh, one movie that none of you guys mentioned, um, but it, it's. It's one of my top three. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. And I know it's become a little divisive. There have been people that have been critical of it. But I think it's the front runner at the Oscars. Not yeah. that it matters. Not that it matters. But I, and I'll, I'll, let me say this. Every time we hear about movies, they say, oh, why can't we have something original? Why can't we have something this? Why can't we have this? 
there is no movie on this list that is original as this movie. I think I don't think I don't think you guys would disagree with that. Everything, everywhere, all crimes. Feature is pretty original. Yeah, but this one doesn't have people eating people or, or <laughs> torturing. Actually, it does have torture. Um, but think about this. Here we are in 2023, where the leading picture, right? The leading picture for the best picture Academy Award has not one, but multiple dildo fights. Like, mm. think about that for a second. You won't see that in Citizen Kane. So. <laughs> And I don't know. I, I grew up loving Michelle Yeoh. I'll say this. I'm biased. I grew up loving Michelle Yeoh. I grew up loving quirky action, you know, indie films, science fiction, all that stuff, all of it. And on paper, this is the best movie ever made for me on paper. Yeah, it's not perfect and everything, but everybody gives it their all. And I got to tell you something. Are you guys going to sit here and tell me you don't like seeing um, Kei Wan? As the as the husband, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's that back. was cool. He he was fun. Jamie Lee Curtis is fun. Yeah, it's a really good movie. It, it, at one point, it was getting a little tiresome. It's like a little it was, too long. Yeah, it was a little, t- and then it was a little yeah. too like I love high concept stuff, but it kind of like got a little cutesy with it. Um, with the googly I like, eyes. I, I, as as a whole, though, you're right. It is a front runner. I don't think it's the best movie of the year. I think it's definitely. I can see why people would adore this movie, though. I can see why people love it, and I can see why it's nominated. I, I think, I think, and I say this with kindness. I think they probably love the idea of the movie more than the movie itself. And I think, yeah, that's what I was going to say, actually. Yeah. But, but I will say this though: um, if Michelle Yeoh walks away with the Best Actress award, I'll be very happy for her. That'd be awesome. That'd be um, so cool. Yeah. But if if Ki Hee Won Kwan walks away with the Best Supporting Actor, I'll be ecstatic because yeah. I've I've never seen anybody. I've watched the Oscars for like thirty five years. I have never seen anybody. That is so charmingly lovable, like nominated for an Academy Award. I, have you seen this guy? Every time he's up, he's hugging Brendan Fraser. He's crying, and he's so good in the film. He's so good. And remember, that was short round. Yeah, that was Data. And, uh, and he, what was his name of the Goonies? Uh, Data. Data. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Booby trap. Booby trap. But I, yeah. I just watched uh, Temple of Doom again, like a couple weeks oh. ago. Yeah. He is he, him and his relationship with him and Indy is the best thing in that movie. They're so good together. They're so wonderful. He's so funny, and you know, good for him. Like that's again. my favorite. That's my favorite indie movie. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, I love Temple of Doom. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, Temple uh, of Doom's the best one. Which one? Yeah, Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom's the best indie. Yeah. Oh absolutely. yeah, I'm glad you agree with me because every time I say that, people like are floored. I love Temple of Doom though. I think it, I think it ages well. I love it. Yeah. I, I love them all, by the way. I even love the fourth one. Like I don't love it as much as the other one, but I love it too. Like it, there's so much good yeah. stuff in it. Um, yeah, looking like forward to the, the looking forward to five. Looking forward to too. the Dial of Destiny. <laughs> so the Dial of Destiny. Dumbest dumbest title, but yeah. I'm yeah, but it's really to... dumb until if it's good, then then it'll be a great title. Like it's... you can't make the word dial sound intense or cool. Like <laughs> dial, it's like was it a rotary phone. Well, you're not gonna get Fate of Atlantis. So that's a <laughs> that's a video game. Um, okay, like I said, uh, and I have one more movie on my list, and I'm not uh, spoiler. I think it, I think it's my favorite movie of 2022, and I didn't, th- I never thought in a million years that was to happen. But I got to give it to the Fablemans. I knew you were gonna say that. So you like the movies, huh, Mister Pitzelschuss? Nah, that's just our stupid camping trip, my dad's. He wants me to put this camping film together so it'll cheer up mom. Because her heart is broken. Because her mama is toit. But you, Mr. Director, you don't want to do this. But your daddy tells you because you want to make your war picture, huh? Yeah, yeah. Believe me, Sammy boy, I get it. Family, art. 
it'll tear you into. Yeah, the Fableman's really. I, first of all, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Anybody? Yeah. yeah oh yeah. I yeah. Um, this is the no, best. This is the best Spielberg movie that I think since Catch Me If You Can. Um, oh yeah. There I are agree. moments in this movie where Spielberg is back. Like you feel it. Like there are moments like, you know, visually, you know what I'm talking about. Like the scene with the kid with the the film in his hands, or the scene with the mom dancing in the the headlights, and. Um, there's just so much I love about this. I almost cried a couple times because I was so happy because I, was, I felt like Spielberg was energized again in a way he hadn't been. And I'm not going to go into the story or anything. It's, you know, it's a version of his life growing up. But you've seen it, right? So yeah. you saw the scene with Judd Hirsch, right, as Uncle oh, Boris. Yeah. Yeah, he got nominated for that. He got nominated. I'm really mad because it's either him or Ki Huan that's going to get that award. <laughs> yeah, so, but, but why did he – but I, I guess I did – that was like the one thing I – because I knew I, I watched it after he got nominated, and so I was watching this, and I was like, "That's all he's in the movie for?" Yeah, he's and just he, he just shows it's, up, he gives a speech, because it's, it's so weird. But it's it, it's actually the best part of the movie, though. He's yeah, no, one, it's great. But yeah, like uh, in context, Christian, without uh, you haven't seen it, but um, you know, I'll, I'll say this: he's struggling. His dad wants him to create a film of a camping outfit for his mom, who's depressed, but he wants to film a war movie, and Uncle Boris from the from the circus comes in and basically gives the speech of the movie about, oh, he's like, he talks about the difference between art and passion. And you remember this. He says, art, art. He's like, oh, you have family. He does the most exaggerated Yiddish thing I've ever heard, by the way. Um, he's like, oh, family. He's like, oh, you love family. But this, and he points to the camera and the, and the editing thing. This, I think you love a little more. And he goes into it and you get it. And it puts Spielberg films in perspective. You know what I mean? Like, you remember the beginning when he says, um, I have to see the trains crash. You know, I have to mm -hmm. see that. I have to mm -hmm. see this. And I don't really like movies about movies. You know, I mean, there are some good ones, but movies about making film. But this was different. This felt different. And I won't spoil it for you, but the final scene in the movie where he meets, uh, who, who did he meet? Who's the director of, uh, uh, is it David John Ford? Lynch plays John Ford. Yes, yeah. John Ford. And he gives the great, and he, I mean, this is a story that Spielberg has told. He's like, you see the focal point? If it's above, if it's there, it's interesting. And if it's down there, it's interesting. And if it's not... It's boring as shit, and mm -hmm. it's it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, and John Williams, one of the best scores he's done in so long. And I'm sad because I think it's this and Indiana Jones, and he's done. <laughs> so yeah, I, this was this was really good. And Indiana Jones is gonna be. I mean, it'll be great, but it'll still be you know a little derivative of the original. But this was like might be his last just yeah. fully original score. It was fantastic. And <clears throat> can I say too, this yeah. had maybe my favorite sequence i've seen in a movie all year yeah in, probably in a few years and it's the one when it's it doesn't this doesn't spoil anything but he's filming the ditch day for his for his oh, school and, and he makes yeah he makes his bully uh t like this hero in the movie and it's just like this such an interesting concept that the whole reason why he you learn this at the beginning the whole reason why he wants to do make movies is so he can control what he's afraid of. He can control things that exactly. he, that that make him stressed out. He discovers through I'm not going to say it, that he can't quite control everything. So he's he kind of takes a break. And this is his first project back. And he tr he films his bully and ditch day, and he makes him like the de facto hero of this little documentary mm -hmm. five minute film. And the and the bully can't stand it, and he like breaks down. He's like. Why did you make me? Why did you show me like that? Why did you do that? And and yeah. it's never clearly stated why he does it, but 
Is it because he wanted to be able to control him? It was it because he needed a hero and it was just easy? Was it his way of like uh, rectifying something that someone else in his family did um, and sympathizing with them? Uh, I, it's never clear, but it's the most intriguing, maybe the most intriguing scene I've seen in years. It, 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 I couldn't stop thinking. No, exactly. And but there's a parallel scene. I don't want to you know spoil the whole film. But yeah. you know when he's filming the war movie, the war scene, and he talks to the big tall yes, kid. Yes, yes, yes. He's like, "Okay, you're sad now." And he's trying to explain the kid what's happening. And the kid's like, "What do you want me to do? Act?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, act." And he's like, "Oh, but you caused their death. You caused this." And the kid has never thought about this before. Yeah. And he starts starts crying. And then you see the thing, the the scene of the movie for me. It's a little scene, right? No spoilers. But when the kid starts like tearing up, and he go, and he wipes his nose, and then you see him wipe his nose. Like that's a Spielberg moment. Like that is a total Spielberg moment, and um, yeah, it made it made, it makes you reevaluate. And if you've grown up watching like Close Encounters and Jaws, of course, Indiana Jones and Schindler's List and all that stuff, then this movie will mean a lot to you because you realize it's not about, like you said, it's not about the movie making. It's about the magic. It's about something mm-hmm. else. It's about the magic of cinema. And um, if I could just say this, it's the best I've ever seen Seth Rogen in a film ever. <laughs> Yeah. Like Seth Rogen okay. of all people. Yeah, he's really oh. fun. And this this movie was gearing up to be. I, when I was watching, I was like, "This is gonna be my favorite movie of the year." There was just a little. There's a little too much sympathy for one character that I didn't. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, that 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 you could tell the director kind of sympathized with kind of not a villainous character, but an antagonistic esque character. I didn't love that, but um, everything else is perfect. I, and I will say this, um, the most beautiful scene, and this is not spoiling anything, it's the scene when they're in the camp and the headlights are on and the mom's dancing and yeah. the daughter mentions, oh, you can see through your dress, but it's it's such a beautiful scene. It's a Spielberg moment. And I'll be honest with you, I never thought I'd see that again. I never thought we'd sit there and yeah. watch like a unique Spielberg film that's magical again. I'm, it's a shame nobody saw this movie. It really is a shame. Yeah. But, and it's um, on streaming too. It's on something, or was at least when. I'll say this: December. If you ask me, who's what movie is going to win the Academy Award for Best Picture? I mean, honestly, it could be any. There's a lot of very good films nominated for Best Picture. We can get into that before we close out. But I, in my heart, I think Hollywood's going to give it to the Fablemans. I, um, I, I think it should. I, I think this is the most. This is the most Oscar movie of all of them. It's. It's a real film, though. Like, it's not yeah. like Oscar bait. It's not Spielberg yeah, doing yeah, like that's always. What I mean. Like, it's the most yeah. like traditional Oscar. Like, it feels the most like you look back. What movie kind of uh, is is the most uh, feels like it would belong on the best list and, of best picture? And it feels weird saying that because I love Top Gun and I love Avatar so much, right? And I love so many other films, but this film I think is to my heart, and I think more than any other film this year. And I'm. Like I said, it's just nice to see another Spielberg film. That's great. Like I said, I hadn't seen one. The last time I saw a really good one was Minority Report. I mean, there's been other ones. Don't get me wrong, but this is something yeah. special. Um, okay, that's movies we like. So I'll tell you what. Let's abbreviate this, and let's quickly go down the movies we hated. So, Christian, you started off. So what movies did you could not stand? Okay. Um, ah. The first one to roll with is Blonde. Um <laughs> uh, Oh my god! That, yeah, I it's my worst too. It it's my worst too, by the way. Yeah, I think uh, I got on my screen here. It's two hours and forty-seven minutes of drivel. Um, <laughs> I feel dirty. How, how do I say, how do I explain? I'm, I'm trying to explain how how much I hated this film. I mean, I turned it off after the first half hour 
and then came back to it and I'm like, nope, I'm going to finish this film and I'm going to watch the rest of it. And it's just, it just feels like scattered ideas around an idea of Marilyn Monroe. It's fictionized too, by the way. It's not, it's not based on reality. Yeah, it's just, right. And there's that as well. You know how much I hate watching things, biopics that end up just being full of crap, like makeup, fictitious, uh, scenes but the thing is one of the major themes that they just rammed down your throat for nearly three hours is how she's like exploited and she's a victim but i feel like that is exactly what this movie did mm-hmm. um with its lead actress anna anna Armas. yes yeah i just feel like while they were exploring the theme of exploiting a beautiful actress that is exactly what they did for three hours of this film and then uh there's just a lot of uh I know, man. They've got her taking her kit off an awful lot for a lot of scenes. That I don't think were necessary in that. And uh, I just, I don't know. Like, I think I'm tired. Like, yeah, I just. Yeah, you can. You can. Hey, you can say. You can swear. You can say a swear if it if it helps you. It, it <laughs> any film earns it. it just, it's this one. Yeah, I just fucking hated it. Like, I just. There you go. That's <laughs> the just, one. PG thirteen. Yeah, Here we come. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it, it's just a mess. It's non-linear. You've got this iconic character, and as you say, like, it's, it's not really, like, the, the scenes are made up. Uh, it, it's like you're in this in the head of someone who can't get their thoughts together, and then they dragged it out for three hours. And, um, yeah, I, I just I think it could have been, and, and to be honest, and even though she does a great you know, I think she did a pretty good job acting. I also didn't agree with the casting of it. And everyone thinks that she was like brilliant. Like, but mm. she sounds Cuban, bro. I'm sorry. I don't mean yeah. to sound awful, but she does like, you know, and then, and I'm sorry, because she does get naked right, a lot. You can tell that she's not like, a, a, you, that she's another ethnicity plate, right? I just, yeah. It's just, just the most, it. you look, <laughs> yeah, you, you can't, you know, it suspends that the, the disbelief. It's just um, well, I think she's poorly cast, and the story is just a mess. And I feel like they exploited her because she's hot, and that's basically she, it. She was no, that's, nominated. That's she it. was nominated for best actress for this film. Was um, she really? Yeah. yeah. And but the problem yeah. is, is like you said, she's perfectly fine. She's actually a very good actress. But at no yeah. point in time do you believe she's Marilyn Monroe because of the accent. Like that. Exactly. It, it's too much. It's too much to get through because. Marilyn Monroe has a very distinctive speaking style and she did not sound like Ricky Ricardo. You know, like, I'm sorry. It just, it takes you out of it a little bit. Yeah. Just, um, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't get into it. And, uh, yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I hated it. (laughs) Yeah. I want to, I want to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. I I bet Nathan's going to get a text from me in like a month and saying, I watched blonde and I loved it. No, I, I, well you, but I'll just say this. (laughs) I don't want to talk about, I'll say this. This movie tied for my worst my worst movie. But it's more than that. This movie is vile. It's degrading. It's horrendous. It's tough to watch. Not because it's challenging you, but because it's boring. It, no, it's exploiting this this person. Uh, like they literally uh, have a scene of an embryonic baby from inside the womb getting, you know, talking about about living. It's yeah. and then you know the the iconic scene with Marilyn Monroe when uh what movie what you know when she's on the great and her knickers yeah, go seven, up. Seven years. You, you, you remember what they did to that scene, Christian? They kept doing it again and again and again. And it's just, mm. it's degrading. It's it's not good. I'm not a feminist by any stretch on this. But it's just, this film felt exploitive in a way that... Oh, And then 
when they had the person singing for Marilyn Monroe, they had someone who didn't even sound remotely like Marilyn Monroe, not even remotely like it. Mm. And it's just, it's just, yeah, the whole thing is vile. It's a vile piece of it filth. Fe- it feels like it's trying to shock you as well. It's not even clever about it. It's no. not even like, you know, you know me, I, I, it doesn't, you know, it takes a lot to really shock me. I, I, was, I was just more shocked at how, yeah. how amateurish, like, it's just like, you, you, Misery. It's misery. To... Yeah, it's it's not even clever, and I guess that, that's it. Yeah, like I feel so like I just feel like I just watched someone get exploited when that was like one of the major themes of, of well, the film. Like, I, yeah, what man, was that film like, that came no, out? No, um, the Painted Bird. Remember that, where the little kid has to run across the German landscape, and he gets molested, he gets tortured. Like, it's three hours of that. It's just misery not a moment of joy it's complete misery and it never ends it never ends oh my goodness anyway let's end talk about blonde what's next yeah oh um i hated the hellraiser remake hmm. um yeah so like i'm not wrong. The, the original hellraiser films aren't brilliant by any stretch they're just you know it was it's clive barker you know sorry i'm yeah. tired uh it's they're clive barker right yeah, yeah. Well, he directed. Yes. He directed yeah. the first one too, I think. Yeah, and um, so they are like they're, they're, they're not brilliant films, but they're like if you go watch them, you can appreciate them at least for the style of horror that they're going. It's you know, there's a look to it, there's a feel, very visceral feeling that they have, and uh, you know, like a lot of new modern stuff getting made, they they they've redone it, and the the Cenobites just are too clean too polished it just didn't look right it just didn't have the vibe and the visceral feel of the original hellraisers and it just felt like a a polished i think it was netflix it just felt like a polished streaming uh like remake and like it was i don't know it was too clean and i just uh yeah i, I, did, I didn't enjoy it at all i just um the only real character the only character that was interesting because the, the cast are aren't that is it, <laughs> is it a female great. is it a female uh, yeah, they're right. I don't yeah. want to go in that part. Yeah, but they've made, yeah they've uh, they changed Pinhead, um, although to what was it? it's called the oh my god they give they've given Pinhead a different name I forget the name, yeah. um, but but whatever it is. But the only character that's actually interesting is the actual puzzle box itself. Like the rest is <laughs> the, the story's garbage. Uh, the Cenobites are I know they're supposed to be terrifying, but they're just they're just not. Um, it's just just clean and cause they made their clothes like made of their flesh. They're just they're just trying too hard to. I don't know, they they changed it up and I just I wasn't a fan. I didn't have the tone of the originals. I was excited. I was really excited for it because uh, there have been some great horror remakes. I mean, you know, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake was really good. But yeah, no, Hellraiser's just. Uh, Let's just say rubbish. this. Let's just say the Texas Chainsaw remake from like 2013, right? Oh, oh, I oh yeah. Yes, okay, sorry. not the, the 2022 one, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was yeah. awful. I'm sorry, I forgot. Yes, that's been that's been remade. Yeah, sorry, that yeah. version is awful. Yes, that's sorry. really bad. So let's just say, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Sorry, yeah, the one. I keep forgetting how old I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that ha- <laughs> that happens. Trust me. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. The next one I'm going to go on is uh, Barbarian. Um, Okay, to its credit, Barbarian actually starts off like really good. Uh, there's something under a house. I want to, to ruin it for anyone who really wants to see it, hasn't seen it. Um, there's, there's something living under this house that's been there for and it, and, it, and it takes you if you go down there, right? I'll leave it at that. 
but uh, it starts off really great. There's this mystery, there's intrigue. Uh, you've got a girl. She goes uh, is double booked on like an Airbnb, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And there's a guy there already, and it's kind of like awkward. And you go, okay, there's a bit of tension. Where are they going to go with this? And then there's something slightly off about him. He's being too friendly, you know, and she's right to be suspicious about him. And then they discover something under the house, and then it gets horrorish. And I'll leave it at that. Anyway, that's all actually really good. And then halfway through it, it changes. And then uh, they introduce Justin Long. And I'm actually a fan of Justin Long. Mm-hmm. But he comes in, and the way that he's introduced, it it turns from being sort of this thriller horror, and it suddenly becomes a comedy because he's so funny. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong. Like, for the rest of the film, uh, the rest of the plot, once you realize what's going on, is ridiculous and it's stupid. And yeah. I, I, I very quickly hated the plot. But the, but the fact that Justin Long was like at first he was ruining it because he came in and destroyed all the the tone of the film but because the story became stupid the fact that he was so ridiculously out of tone with the rest of the film made him the same like at least i was able to sit through and watch the rest of it because I got, at least he's funny like he's ruining it but i'm laughing at his performance uh and that's saving it because the the, the thing that's under the house is just once you know what it's just ridiculous it's just dumb and um can we just say this um once you realize what the thing is and what it's doing when you match that with justin long it becomes impossible to to be take it seriously anymore when you see it it becomes impossible yeah and then uh, and then when you realize the capabilities and what's driving the thing under the house you realize that a whole intro sequence should play out a lot differently than what it does as well you know mm-hmm. like oh, well why did the thing what why did the thing wait you know like it obviously was i don't want to say anything more anyway it's, once you start back you think about the intro and what the cre- uh what the thing is you just uh, it's just a terrible plot yeah and the tone is all over the place because yeah it becomes a comedy when it should have been a horror and but the comedy kind of saves it because it, the story's dumb but yeah anyway i hate it <laughs> so um yeah have you seen uh I have not seen it. Seen it. You, 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 you I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I almost you, watched it one night, but then I was like, eh. It's, well, it's kind of like the next movie on your list, which I'll let you get to, but like the, poten- <laughs> the potential's there, but yes. the payoff doesn't match the potential. Yes. Oh my yeah. gosh, this next one totally. I thought the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So next one on my list is Nope. And, uh, nope. I don't know. Everyone keeps, everybody keeps writing. Uh, what's his name? Jordan Peele, isn't it? Uh, everyone keeps rating this guy. I don't know. I liked a couple of his films, but I don't, I don't rate them. Anyway, nope. I love movies about UFOs and aliens and things like that. And, um, you know, and don't worry, this is beautifully shot. By the way, it looks fantastic. But it's just uh, um, the delivery. There's, there's no payoff. Like, he, he's got an idea that could have been fantastic, you know, and then it, it's. I'm, I'm losing my words like here. No, you know what I'm trying it's to like say. It's anticlimactic almost. That's yeah. It's extremely yeah. anticlimactic. And then once the the full reveal at the end is dis- is on display for you, you're like, what is this? Like it looks. It's the most ridiculous looking thing at the end. What this UFO? You mean the bed? You mean, you mean the bed then, sheets? Uh, <laughs> the bed sheets. Yes. The yeah. Okay. I don't want to refer. It was literally curtains. It was literally bed sheets. Yeah, I love the uh, context of the movie. Like, I liked the world that was built. I think I just didn't. I personally, I didn't like the conflict that came out of it. Like, I was like, I wanted it to be. I wanted that world to be a different movie. I think. Well, that makes sense. Can I ask you a question? The best, 
the best bit in let's say the last thing the, the yeah. best thing about this movie is uh like a flashback sequence to this monkey yes right yeah that is the oh, best part that it's, is it's almost like that's a self- the story yes that's the, story. That's the movie yeah, that's yeah. the movie that's and like that's the movie i wanted to see but i saw five minutes of it you know and then uh and it's just kind of it's just kind of inserted in amongst this this really long-winded no payoff story with a with a crappy uh alien thing made of curtains and then uh but the best bit that was actually terrifying what would have made a great film uh is the monkey the monkey's the best bit in the movie and he's in it for five minutes <laughs> wait i'll have you know it's a chimpanzee but um i'm sorry but um yes but I was going to ask you a question. Have you ever seen Guys and Dolls, the one with Frank Sinatra oh, I, and I uh, Marlon Brando? Okay. But there's a comment about that movie because you have Marlon Brando, who's one of the greatest actors of all time, and Frank Sinatra is one of the greatest singers. But if you watch the movie, Marlon Brando sings and Frank Sinatra acts. And that's what I felt a little bit about Nope, is that you, you have these two ideas and Jordan Peele chose the lesser of the ideas to focus on. Like, yeah. he, like every scene with a chimp is great. It's that's the movie. Like that's the movie, and then you have this other thing that is nowhere as satisfying. But my, my thing with Jordan Peele is he never just lets his movie kind of breathe. He always is so hyper focused on the on like the the motifs. I liked Us a lot actually because I actually thought uh, like underground worlds and stuff is interesting. But um, for me, and, but uh, like Get Out, as good as Get Out was. It's still like so on the nose, and I get what he was doing, obviously. But he's so he he, and it's fine for that movie, I guess, because it's like okay, there you go, get it off your chest. And then he makes this one, and it's like okay, dude, like just let your movie be a movie. Like you're so he like he has like a tight grip around what he's trying to say, and he's not just letting his movie speak he's, for itself. Because he's no, no one's editing, no one's telling him no. Yeah, you know, like um, yeah. I I watched every single episode of his Twilight Zone reboot. And I got to tell you, it is awful. The whole thing is bad. There's not a single shred of goodness. And basically, have you guys ever watched Key and Peele? Like, yes. Key and Peele. Like yeah, Key and Peele, is, it's, it's a great show until it's not great. And then you realize that's what Jordan Peele is. He throws everything like spaghetti at the wall. And sometimes it's really good because he's, I mean, even the horror stuff, it, it's really funny. Like when he had the evil Steve Urkel skit, fantastic. <laughs> But with 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 um, nope, I agree with everything you guys said. But Christian, I we talk about bed sheets, right? You have all these really good ideas, even with the creature, right? That looks like bed sheets, um, but nothing comes up. It it doesn't make sense in its own universe. Like if you, but the the thing about it is that when you look at people explaining this film, they always say, "Oh no, it's easy. You got to look up it online." I don't have to. If I have to look your movie up online, it's not a good movie. Like it's it's not that I don't have to read Wikipedia. To understand the motif you think you're doing, and he kind of uh, he kind of uh, uh, extended the truth a little bit about the uh, the old the horse uh, thing a little bit. I did some research on it. it oh yeah, quite oh, but fact- that's wasn't quite factual. Um, like we expect the, that from these type of movies. <laughs> yeah, the thesis he made was not quite no. uh, as egregious as people. It wasn't even the first ever movie that he was referring to. It was like the sixth iteration of that man on the horse anyway but you know there are going to be people look there are people that think wakanda is real country okay mm-hmm. like there's no convincing them otherwise <laughs> so it's just look it's not a terrible film and i don't think Chris, no, I, no, no. I don't even think you think it's a terrible film but it's disappointing to say yeah. the least yeah underwhelming yeah. 
No, I hated Nope. I like, uh, yeah. like, like, <laughs> so I enjoyed the, the, the chimp, the chimpanzee is the best bit, and the rest I was just like, oh man, this movie won't end. God, that chimp, yeah, that chimp oh. was great, by the way. So, nominated for best actor. Oh, yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, he deserves it, yeah. So, um, yeah, so next one I got, um, and we already covered this, yeah. uh, Crimes of the Future. You guys loved it. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I got, I got 20 minutes into it, so I think he's I love oh, it. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, um, this is the one thing I'm going to say, because I didn't chime in because I didn't want to, like, interrupt you because you were, like, yeah. <laughs> I was waxing about it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but the, thing, the thing that I hated about Crime of the Future is I just think the premise is, is ridiculous. It's, okay, fine. They they don't feel pain. Okay, okay, they, I get that. So you, you, I just I don't see, I think it's the most absurd idea that people would uh, are going to be, for example, there's that bit where he gets the zipper uh, surgically attached to his belly and she opens it up and basically gives oral sex to his internal organs and I'm like you know what okay fine you, you may not you may not feel pain anymore but your body is still subject to bacteria and all that stuff like I just in a world where people may not feel pain you're still gonna you just can't chop yourself up without any like consequences to it I just I just thought the whole premise is uh, that that idea was just ridiculous but yeah, I'll just leave it at that and just <laughs> so yeah so um and the last one um, I've got here is Morbius. Um, I don't know, man. Jared Leto just isn't a very good leading man. He's a very good, um, very good supporting actor, but uh, Morbius <laughs> is, a super, is a terrible superhero film that um, he's Dr. Morbius, whatever his character's name is, and to cure his illness, he makes something from bats and then gets all the powers from bats and then is essentially a vampire sort of anti- God, yeah. where do I go with this? It's morbid. Yeah. It's morbid. Yeah, and there's like he's running around, like oh, he's discovering his echolocation, and then the bad guy is really obvious because you know the the friend who's also got an illness, and you know he's gonna take it, take the same thing, and they have to fight. It's just a, a I think it's a lazy story with terrible CGI for a for a uh, for a superhero film. And, for, um, for a Spider-Man related superhero Marvel film, yeah, yeah. And I, um, I thought I thought Jared Leto was kind of jarring as like a regular person because he always plays like these weird. I mean, he's he's obviously a vampire, but he's still playing like a person when he's not a vampire, right? But he always plays yeah. like these weird guys. But this one, he was actually just playing like a normal person, and I thought it was like jarring to see him as a normal person. Person. He um, he's watching not, him. Watching not him. a star. He's not a movie Sorry. star. You know. No. Yeah, he's been in some great roles, but he's not a he's not a strong leading man. And watching him trying to convince me that he, he's this um, like this scientist is like watching Denise Richards trying to convince us she was a like in that Bond movie, you know, Doctor Christmas, whatever it was, <laughs> some nuclear physicist. When Denise, you know, it was like watching yeah. Denise Richards being Doctor Christmas in that Bond film. Like I just, uh, I just yeah. But Christian, I didn't, yeah. didn't Christian, read it. Christmas comes twice a year. That's right. <laughs> is that the last? You, you know they named her. They named her Doctor Christmas just so they can yeah, deliver. That's that the line. last line yeah. in the movie when she and Bond are getting it on, oh, and, and, and Bond is like, "I thought Christmas comes only once a year." <laughs> oh man, I, I, miss, I want, I I want that. that Bond back. So yeah. Much. Um, I so I, I saw Morbius. I didn't hate it. I I think part of the reason I didn't hate it is because I watched it right after the new Thor, and um. Thor, again, like, I don't love, like, this whole, like, jokes that aren't actual comedy thing that, like, the Marvel movies dip into a lot. 
and like the new Thor did that a lot and it was like not it was like very cutesy jokes and stuff and I love that Morbius just played it straight but it wasn't like it wasn't necessarily brooding like uh, like uh, the last witch hunter that Vin Diesel movie is what I thought I of or like the new Hellboy the new Hellboy but it, but it, I don't know it, it was fun but it was still like serious it wasn't trying to be cute and I like I respected it for that and I, I enjoyed it even um, it, although it does abuse like these archetypes like all these so many just like the bullies are so like uh, you know fill in the blank but yeah Morbius feels like Morbius would have been fine if it was released 20 years ago. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, that, that's where it fits. It's like they plucked a, the script and special effects t- uh, company from mm. 20 years ago and then brought it back and released it today. And you go, dude, the, to, bar, the, the bar is just raised so much higher fair, now that it's just... Uh, yeah. hey, to be fair, Blade 2 came out 20 years ago, and that's pretty awesome. So, yeah. But this is sort of Daredevil, and that's not awesome. So yes, you yeah. never know. So. But yeah, uh, it's Morbin time. So, yeah, so those, are, those are the films that I, yeah, those are the that's my list for the worst <coughs> ones. Okay, Ethan, what's your what's your crap list? I just got, got a like... couple. I got three, I think three and a half. Okay, three and first half. one I'm going to talk about is this mo- little movie called Don't Worry, Darling, which is <laughs> reminiscent of about 300 different movies, but never better than one of them. Um, mm-hmm. it's about, it's, it's very, uh, you know, ambiguous, but it's about, it's kind of like take WandaVision world type of thing. And then she's trying to figure out why all the men in her world are working and all the wives aren't working. And it's like, oh my gosh, it, it's like, uh, the characters aren't interesting. Olivia Wilde has no clue what she's trying to say. She directs it. It's like someone's yelling at you but never knows what their argument is and never makes any actual points. That's this movie. And actually, uh, I think it even convinces the audience that she's actually wrong about some of the stuff she does convey. Uh, like, if she, if you actually want to prove your point, you should maybe m- make it seem like these women's lives are actually, like, terrible and they're, or they're, like, in danger or something. Because, like, uh, but, like, we never commiserate with them enough for us to believe their plight. And it's just... It's like the Truman Show and Pleasantville and Eternal Sunshine and Stepford Wives and like WandaVision and The Matrix, like all rolled into one. And then it's never pushes the needle forward. It's so I don't know if you guys saw this. It, 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 it just yeah. was not good. Yeah, I saw it. And uh, the reveal on the sky. Ugh, I roll. OK, whatever. Yeah. It's so <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. So I won't ruin it for those that haven't seen it. But yeah, uh, yeah I'm on the same. Do you see his Nathan? I saw. I I had it. I had it spoiled for me. Um, I got to tell you something. I I'm one of those people that does not care about a movie's controversy. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I I I will say this. I will bet my reputation. I will bet your reputation. No, sorry. Maybe Christians. That <laughs> the so-called controversy for this movie was manufactured by the PR yeah. um, because it was so phony baloney, and because what it is, it's you know. They've picked Olivia Wilde to be this next big thing. They've tried to do it. You know, she did what was that, Book Smart? And that was a yep. funny movie. But mm-hmm. this is beyond her. Like this this is beyond anybody. It's a terrible, yeah. terrible film. And like you said, the reveal at the end, yeah. If you didn't see it coming, then I don't know. But, but no one's gonna see it coming because no one watches it. So we'll see. Well and speak speaking of people that are trying to make a thing like Harry Styles is now officially a cult, right? Like can we He's it's not like a, registered as a cult now, right? But he's not an like I said though. But he was, 
he's supposed to be like the next big thing in the Marvel universe, but he made his debut in the worst Marvel movie, The Eternals. And yeah, and he's been right. in like four movies that have all been bombs, and I think Disney's regretting the fact they bet a lot of the farm on this guy. Yeah. And again, even his his whole shtick about being, you know, uh, unisex and all this stuff. It's just so f- like I'm sorry, but Christian, you're you're my age. When you grow up with David Bowie and Ethan, you too. It it's not the same. Like we, you can't shock people with that. Hell, Boy yeah. George was more shocking. So, yeah, yeah. So no thanks. I actually don't know much about Styles. Uh, everything you told me, I, I know nothing about him. To me, he was like some. He was in a boy band, wasn't he? I, I don't yeah. really know much. Yeah, about like One Direction. Careless. Yeah. I mean, he's a good singer. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't really care for his music, but I'm not going to say you know he's he is what he is. But like he they're they're pushing him as the next big thing, and it, I don't think it's sticking. Yeah, give, give a Chalamet. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'd rather have, I'd rather oh have Timothy God. Chalamet, and I don't even like him that much. Oh my God. Oh, I, I want someone ugly and horrible to emerge that's popular. Like, I want someone Steve else. Steve Buscemi. God, yeah, Steve Buscemi as a teen heartthrob. That oh, could happen. Dude. That's, uh, sign me up. Just, I don't know, uh, someone authentic, someone who doesn't feel manufactured. You know, yeah, I just, I don't so know. Good. We'll see. I mean, uh, maybe Robert Pattinson. I mean, he's pretty good. So. I love Robert. Yeah, he's really good. Okay. Well, my next one I got a real quick Black Adam. Um, <laughs> it's not not it's not it's not not entertaining, but it feels like it was made by people whose frame of reference of superheroes is just Batman and Superman. Like they attempt to explain exhaustively how like there isn't just good or bad, but there can be an in the middle too. And it's like superhero fodder circa 2002, like we were talking about. And like, again, never pushes the needle. It's so like, like, again, it's not not entertaining, but it's also just it's like we are so far past this in the superhero genre. Like we, you know, how many Marvel movies there have been like, I don't know. It's it's like the perfect nail in the coffin for the the former DC. It did kill it, though. Pre-James, like this was it. Pre-James Gunn. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's it's it. really it's it's really it's just a bad superhero movie. It's not even a bad movie. It's just a bad. It's contextually bad in our in our society of superhero culture. And uh, um, no more Henry Cavill. It's a really man. annoying kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next one. One second. What's that? Wait, wait, you want to talk about an annoying kid? This we got to do this. I, I hated that. Like in um yeah, yeah Black Adam. No, right. Oh like, yeah, it's, the, all yeah. Ter- it's all terribly cast, but that kid is the worst. I mean, no, no, I always. <laughs> try and make kids a bit more than what like kids can be right i accept that to a degree but this kid i just like please die like i was just waiting for him to be you know he's not dying. i just wanted this kid to to die in some capacity uh and then maybe some will that him uh but no he that 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 kid's the worst thing um in that film and he just drove me nuts i just ugh. yeah anyway i, I digress <laughs> yeah. tell us how you really feel so yeah Okay, you got one. Uh, what could be worse than Black Adam? Yeah, and then the worst movie of the year, uh, I don't even think it was that close, uh, it was the new Disney movie called Strange World. It was just, it's <laughs> it's it's under, like, the guise that it's inspired by, like, old 30s serials and, like, you know, like, King Kong and stuff. But it's like, where is that? Like, it's nowhere to be found. It's like the filmmakers fell in love with this idea of the influence but never took the time to dissect what made these movies so good or whatever it just feels algorithmic i'm just it's just i'm done with disney right now man it's um. it's like i know that they're probably listening to this and 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 castrating us but i just can't i can't do this man it's like it's like 
Oh man, it's so bad. It's so bad. I don't know if you guys saw this. It's awful. No, uh, Chris, I saw the trailer. That was enough. Sorry. I, I'll I'll say this, and this is going to come off wrong if I don't preface it. But yeah, this is one of those another one of those Disney projects, and we saw this happen with Star Wars. We saw this happen with um, any number of things on Disney Plus that they preemptively get out there and they start seeding this um, idea that the flaws of the movie are the flaws of the viewer. And that could be race, gender, religion, sexuality, whatever. And why they would choose to do this again and again and again for kids' movies, I don't understand. But you saw this happen with Strange World because the trailers look terrible. Let's be honest. It looked it looked low-rent. Like, there are video games that look better than this. Um, I'm not joking. Go look up a game called Outer Limit, uh, Outer Wilds. It looks ama- uh, 10 times better than this movie. Um, but, but what's happening is is that their their focus was it was their first like LGBTQ actor like even the dog was disabled like if that's your selling point for a movie you don't got one and that yeah. the fact that this was an epic failure on every everything doesn't prove that people don't want those things but those things ha- can't come at the expense of a good story of a good plot of good characters like if all you it's the, are it's the is cart a before the horse exactly it's the cart before the horse yeah. and, and so you can't you can't do a movie like that and you can't and again you said it right at the very beginning christian with top gun and things like that you have a movie like that that has none of that stuff none of it and i don't mean diversity or inclusion i don't mean that but i mean it has to have a good story it has to have all this then that stuff will come right the other stuff will come if it's good enough but in the case of strange world you have like an epic disaster for Disney. I think it's like the worst performing Disney animated movie of all time. And that's saying something compared to like the seventies. Nobody wanted this. Nobody wanted this. Or even like the early two thousands, like you had like the chicken little and like, even those were better than that. Like, like like Atlantis and things like that. There are at least kids movies that like you can watch. Like this is like, there's no production design. It's just, it's, they took that. They took a loose, it's like they did AI art for Mm -hmm. avatar. And then just colored it pink and then made it call it a day. It's like nothing in this world is fun. Like I watched Luck and I'm like, dude, this world is so cool. Like you go to this underground world in Luck and you want to go there. You want to play it at least in a video game or something. And then this world in Strange World, nothing is memorable. It's it's so it's like it's I don't know, man. It's it's so sterile. Well, you know what? I don't want to compare it to a video game like a, a negative because I think video games are very creative. Right. I think video games yeah. have been, been more creative. It's just that, you know, Disney has done something foul to their brand. I don't know if we if it can be repaired in this current system. Like like everything they've released for the most part has been unwatchable in a way. Like even the watchable stuff, like it, it you feel obligated. You don't wanna see it. And I don't I don't think it's just me. I think a lot of people think that too. Even Martin Scorsese, this is cinema. So but I don't know. I uh yeah. No thank you. No thanks. Is that your worst film of 2022? Yeah. Really? I, I thought about talking about Pinocchio, but I was like, eh. That's an, if... <laughs> for all the same reasons. <laughs> Wait, I was like, but Pinocchio, I could be wrong, but I feel like it'll become a cult classic someday. Um, um, it's just so wacky. It's like, it's not even, it's it's bad, but it's just like, it's just like wacky you, bad. It's you like, should stay, you, it's you, you have to say, you have to say Robert Zemeckis's Pinocchio. Not, Robert, yeah, that's what I mean. Robert yeah. Zemeckis's Pinocchio. Not Guillermo yeah. del Toro's and not Polly Shore's the, the, Pinocchio. A.K.A. Tom Hanks's worst performance ever by a long shot. You know, he just announced a new movie with Zemeckis today where he and Robin Wright are going to play digitally de-aged versions of themselves. <laughs> 
That's the mechanism. This is okay. This is out of it. control. Yeah, stop. Somebody, somebody says somebody needs to take take his <laughs> take his computer away. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like my grandpa when he used to when he disco, when the internet was invented. He just sent everyone like forwards all the time. Like exactly, jokes. you're on every mailing list and every like, joke I like, find. You sent me a hundred <laughs> emails today, Grandpa. Stop. Yeah, that's what uh, it feels like. What Robert Zemeckis is doing. <laughs> but that said, the movie is so it's so bizarre. It's gonna be like Batman forever. Like it's gonna be like funny. 30 years from now well that's what we'll have riff tracks 30 years from now and yeah. we'll have you know mystery yeah. science theater 4000 um okay no more worst movies for you guys i have a bunch nah, I'm, just, I'm just gonna run down the list they don't merit mentioning i'll just mention the name uh if you've heard of these chime in if you want first one on my list worst of worst 2022 this movie's foul mac and rita have you seen this heard of this no this is one of those body nah. swap movies you know, remember like they used to mm. pump out in the in the 80s like oh yeah those yeah are great. those were always fun right always fun like freaky friday like vice things. versa yeah yeah, uh, yeah this yeah. is the poster but i haven't seen it no. this is one of the most joyless horrendous badly written bad uh who's in it um oh goodness what's her name is in it um she's always worked with uh, diane, keaton. diane keaton yeah and she's terrible too but she tries she tries and this movie is beneath her but she's in it so i blame her for it um, <laughs> next on my list is a comedy that should have been good. It had good pedigree, but it didn't. Is Bros. Again, a movie that got pegged as, you know, the first LGBT mainstream comedy. Okay, that's cool. The movie is a series of lectures. It is nothing but lectures and stereotypes that are not funny. And was Judd Apatow, did Judd Apatow do this thing? I don't know. Did he do Bros? I don't think so. I didn't see it. I don't know. Uh, n- not Judd uh, Apatow. I uh, sold- did you see it? it oh, it's, Billy Eichner? Are you talking about Billy Eichner? Billy Eichner. Um, Nicholas Stoller directed it. And yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me see. Did uh, Who else did it? Yeah, Nicholas. No, Judd Apatow produced it. That's right. He did. Screw that. Um, he's also on my list again in a movie that he directed called The Bubble. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was on Netflix. Nope. Um, one of the worst comedies I have ever seen. It is. You have to watch it. It is terrible. There's a million famous people in this movie. Pedro Pascal's in it. Um, everybody's in it, and it's terrible. It is a movie about making a movie. Uh, Keegan Michael Key's in it. David Duchovny's in it. Everybody's in it. It is awful. It is foul beyond belief. It is the, one of the worst comedies I have ever seen. It, the only reason it's not the worst movie of my year is well, you'll see. But let's see now. We talked about Blonde. Blonde tied by for for the worst movie of 2022. We've already said I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to give it life. So, um, Emancipation, the one with Will Smith, horrendous. I, it's slavery I mean, porn. It's slavery porn. Talk about a bad year. Talk about a bad year. Yeah, it's it's no good. It's it's one of the worst movies Anton Fuqua's ever made. He tried to make it stylish by making it in black and white with shades of like I I swear to God he tried to do a Schindler's List with this. He tried to put some color in it. It's foul. I don't know. Have you guys seen it? It's terrible. No, I didn't watch. I, I did want to watch it because I've seen everything Will Smith's been in. But yeah. Oh, he's good. No, Will Smith is good. Right. Yeah. Will Smith is good. Nothing else is good. It looks fake. It looks like yeah. it looks like you're playing like Civilization on the PC. It's really bad. <laughs> um, you guys probably like this better than I did. But Vengeance, the BJ. Oh, I wanted to. Wa- I wanted to watch this. I, I didn't get. You um, didn't like it. Didn't hate it, but it's one of them was disappointing because it's it's obvious he can't write a script. I've read his books. I've read his prose books. I've read everything about it. He's talented, 
but his movies are less clever than you think. It's um, you and I talked about that one movie with um, the existential movie. Remember with about going through Hollywood. What was that again? Uh, we had a whole podcast okay. about it. Uh, the one Wait. with with the Spider Man kid. Remember? Tom Holland. No, no. Uh, remember we talked oh, about oh, a, oh, oh, under the Silver Lake. Yeah, yeah under yeah. the Silver Lake. It's pretentious. Yeah, Andrew Garfield. It's pretentious, but it had a point. This had no point. Yeah. Um, this is this is one of those built on. He's from the blue state. He's from a blue state, and he his perceptions about red states are confirmed with guns and all this. It beca- and he becomes ridiculed. It's not as clever as I just made it sound. So yeah. Anyway, next on my list, Jerry and Marge go large. Have you seen this? No, I, I did want to see it actually. Is it uh, uh, Brian Cranston? Yeah, Brian Cranston and Ned Benning. Um, it's based on yeah. the true story how they how he found a way to go around uh, the lottery and win every time. The problem is it's a fun, happy story, but they need to introduce chaos. So they they create fictional bad guys that are snot nosed Harvard graduates. Remember how you guys remember you uh, mentioned Elvis? You don't like it because they it, it's not real. That's what this is. It's a perfectly realistic story. Bada boom, bada bing. Got to turn it into something it's not. It doesn't belong. Um, enough said about that. Not a terrible film. Like, not the worst thing you've ever seen. It's no blonde. But uh, I'll say this. A Christmas Story Christmas. Have, have you guys seen this? What? This movie exists. No. This is a sequel to The Christmas I, 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 Story. I, the, the consensus I've heard about this is it's bad, but it's like you can't not watch it or something yeah. like it's, it's like hard not to watch it you just want to keep watching it well, for some reason here, here's something weird this That's is the this is the third sequel to that movie they keep making part twos they keep making them um but the the gimmick of this is that they actually have the cast back so they got the cast they're probably cheap so they pro- they and they made a direct <laughs> sequel where he he's now an adult and he wants to write a novel but he's terrible so he goes back to celebrate christmas uh, the dad's dead. They recast the mom, which is actually a good choice, by the way. Um, but it's all about Ralphie grown up, and he's now occupying the space his dad did. On paper, it sounds good, but it is product. It is a product. Um, that being said, if you like the product, go with it. You know, you won't hate it. But yeah. if but it's soulless, it has no reason to be. And um, yeah, it's yeah, it exists. It's content. I'm not even. A, I'm not even a big. I'm not even a big Christmas story fan. I, I like. It's his second best Christmas movie, in my opinion, Bob Clark. Um, yeah, but the first one was a Santa slasher film, right? Was yeah, it Black Sa- Christmas. Black, was it Black Christmas or Deadly Night? Yeah, yeah. But, no, um, no, it's, it's Black Christmas. It's really wouldn't cool. it be funny if the Santa Claus in the Christmas story was the same Santa that was in that movie? Oh, that'd be so good. That you, would make yeah, sense. Billy? Yeah, because that oh, Santa so, scene's yeah. the best scene in the movie. Satan, he's satanic. Yeah. Um, next on my list, we already talked about uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the worst Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie by a long shot. And that's saying something because there's some stinkers on that list. Mm. Um, did you guys see it? It's awful. No. They tried to do what the Halloween no, movie did. Remember, you know the new Halloweens where they try to make a, a legacy sequel and bring the characters back? But the problem is yeah. like the original characters are all dead, so they have to recast them, but they mm. still want you to feel nostalgic. And it's terrible. I don't want, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's bad. Everything's bad. There's nothing good I can say about it. Awful, terrible. Just, just to, re- just so I can recap, because it seemed like a lot of garbage. This is, this is the this remake is where they're in that. This yeah. Is like those millennials are trying to like, yes. uh, build businesses in this town, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awful. Yeah. yeah. Did you see it's it? Terrible. It's really bad. It's, it's, it's yeah, kind it's, of astonishing how bad it is. Um, and it looks terrible too. <laughs> like it just. Yeah. They, they, they. T- Speaking. Yeah. Go ahead. No. What's up? 
No, I, I was going to say, speaking of legacy horror sequels, the new Scream was actually pretty good. For, yeah, I heard they, you guys It's like hard it. to do those good. Uh, they got, yeah. a, they got Sorry, a trailer for the new one. No, they got a trailer for yeah. the next one coming out. It's back. Yeah. I guess it's in New York now, right? They're going to expand it, which sounds cool. Yeah. Um, Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, the 90% of that movie's on a boat. So He's on a boat, yeah. <laughs> the only good scene in that movie where he like uppercuts that one person and the head goes off. That's yeah, and it. he That's like, it. It, on the roof, the roof yeah. scene. That's so good. That's, yeah. I mean, there's a cool scene when he's talking, you know, he's walking down the street, but that's about it. Like, that movie's no good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of foul movies, I, I don't want to talk about this one too much, but there's a foul piece of shit that came out called I Love My Dad with Patton Oswalt. <laughs> Did you see this? I saw the, I saw oh, the trailer Jesus. for it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's about a dad who catfishes his son and they have phone sex. What? Oh, my God. So he, are you serious? He's it, no, sounds... he's a, he's a stalker, right? He's the stalker, and his son wants nothing to do with. It. His son is suicidal, right? That's this is the setup for a comedy. The son just got out of a mental institution because he tried to commit suicide. Doesn't want anything to do with the dad. So the dad creates a fake profile based on a waitress that's hot, tricks the son into thinking he's the girlfriend, and they have this relationship where they have phone sex, like online. And then eventually, it, this is just, like reverse old boy or something. Like it's it's horrific, it's horrific. That sounds awful. Yeah, it's really oh, bad. Goodness. Like with Patton Oswalt, he should know better. And the kid who plays the kid <laughs> is, the, is the writer director of it too. So it's pretty bad. Wow. I mentioned the bubble. Living right? on fantasy or what? I don't want to talk huh? about it. It's really bad. It's uncomfortable too. Like it's just not funny. It's it's kind of sick because it plays fast and loose with the idea of mental illness for laughs. But it's like, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where the guy's at work and he's got the quirky coworkers and they're trying to give him dating advice and all this stuff. But it's it doesn't work in the context of what they're trying to do. It's just it's not funny. It's sad. It's sad. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's sad and sick. Uh, let's see. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going through my list. Uh, I got two more and I'm done. So sorry, Ethan. But Jurassic Park Dominion is on my list. It almost made my worst. <laughs> I, was waiting, I was waiting for yeah. you to mention it. Jurassic Park Dominion is the worst Jurassic Park movie. It is the worst looking Jurassic Park movie. It is the the worst acted. It is the worst plotted. It's a movie about dinosaurs, but the but the villains are bugs. And speaking of le- mm. legacy sequels, they bring back they bring back back both casts completely wasted. Nobody wants to be there, and it's done. Like Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park World done. I, I I don't want any more. I'm not going to see any more after this. This is awful. This is terrible. I know yeah, you so loved I, it. It was I, awful. <laughs> It's really bad. I, okay, I wouldn't say I, I really like. You have it. a tattoo. I, I did you have really a Jurassic like Park Dominion tattoo. You love this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I, know. Know. Okay. I just guessed. <clears throat> First of all, Fallen Kingdom, the one that came out before this, was I, I absolutely loved it. It was my favorite movie of that year, 2018. Um, this one was definitely the worst of the Jurassic Park movies. Although I really liked it, I think there's like three movies in there and they're all really good but they just tried to make them all happen at once i think it definitely could be better this movie retcons once it comes your to... movie it retcons it it erases it it races part two <laughs> so... yeah okay here's the thing i wanted more of like the because at the end of part two it's cool it's like oh man the dinosaurs are finally in the real world right yeah and this one does it like touches on that and i guess the theatrical cut had less di- had fewer dinosaurs than in the, had fewer? the one on the streaming set. Had fewer? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh the yeah, the theatrical like, one had almost uh, no dinosaurs. It was terrible. 
Yeah, and I think they added stuff in after because people were like, what is this? Because there's So, like, bugs. the director's cut. Yeah. So, like, so like the scene with, like, through the – that's in the trailer of the drive-in movie, which I was like, oh, that's going to be so cool. Not in the theatrical version. That – I wanted that movie. I wanted more of that. That said, I had fun with this. I thought it was cool. I thought the whole, like, second and third act were tons of fun. Like, I had fun with it. Like, personally – I I do think it it was the worst of the six, but um, yeah, I didn't think it was bad though. Well, here's the thing though, like it took everything. I didn't like the second one either, just be honest. But it it retconned the entire second movie, created entirely new characters that you were supposed to be nostalgic for, erased their <laughs> legacy, right, and recast characters from the first. Too. Yeah, and basically, yeah. and I hate to say this, this is gonna sound really stupid. It cop it plagiarized the story from the resident evil movies like it literally no one watched those movies you mean the movies that made a billion dollars like they yeah people like well i don't know if they like them but they certainly watch them but you know the idea that they the, the lady was a clone of herself and all that not spoiling anything but it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. it's just that can i be honest with you and the biggest crime is that it this was one of the worst looking movies of 2022 and this is a year that had really good looking movies the scenes with the green screen, like the scene when they're on the ice, is the most incompetently directed thing I've ever seen. Like, I don't think Justin Trevorrow or whatever is a good director. I just don't think it anymore. And he, did you see the, Kristen, did you see the movie? Like, you remember the scene uh, where, did, where on the ice? Yeah, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, uh, with that, that dinosaur that goes in the water and out of the water? Is well, that what you're talking about? it's like he falls, in the, he falls in the water and she somehow yeah. becomes She-Hulk and, and throws him out of the water. And they're on this horrible green screen. No no steam yeah. coming out of their mouth. It looks like they're on a like they're in a room. And then there's the scene when she's with a she sees the giant Apatosaurus and it looks like a like a video game. It does not look good. It looks yeah, bad. It, it looks It looked bad. like it was edited during COVID. It looked like a lot of the FX were done during you COVID. You can't blame or COVID on this movie. Shot. <laughs> so no, I know. I'm pretty sure it was shot after, but I'm saying it looks like a lot of the effects look like that, as I was saying. I just, I love seeing Sam Neill and Laura Dern back. Don't get me wrong, but they were, they basically just had him do Scooby Doo antics, like, oh, dress like this and just steal the bugs. Why did you need to steal the bugs? They're all over the ground. You don't need to sneak in there. They're all over the farm. They captured the bugs in buckets. You don't need to steal them. You already have them. But whatever. <laughs> I, whatever. I think if this movie came out in the late 90s, people would have liked it more. I think it's just. Compared to like what modern, it made, what our a, expectations it made a lot of money now. though. It made a lot of money. I'll just say yeah. that. Like it made money, so I'm obviously <laughs> in the I'm obviously in the minority of this. But this movie sucks. Well, people watched it. But yeah. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. The Lion King made over a billion dollars. So, so. Well, yeah, exactly. What wasn't on my top list, definitely, um, but it was probably somewhere in the middle. I have one more movie, and it might be the worst movie I saw in 2022, and I won't talk a lot about it. Um, it was a comedy on Netflix. And I was kind of astonished. I watched it twice because I didn't think I thought maybe I was being harsh, but it was a movie <laughs> with Kevin Hart and Mark Wahlberg called Me Time, and it is maybe the worst comedy I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen all the Police Academies, and I'll say this: uh, Have you have you guys even heard of this movie? This movie, yeah, came, it, you t- you this, mentioned it. Yeah, that's all I'm. Gonna I do saw the trailer. Mentioned. It looked it, it didn't really sell it to me. The trailer, yeah. There's like I'll be honest with you. I saw a movie last week that's worse than this movie, right? So I'm gonna be a little kind to me time. I saw You People, the one with Eddie Murphy, 
and uh, oh yeah, that was good. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I turn that off after no. ten minutes. It's awful. No, it's not a movie. It's lectures. It is lectures. Every uh. every. I don't want to get off on you people, but I'll say this: everything that comes out of those characters' mouth is a racist lecture. There is no comedy in that film. That movie is horrendous. That being said. Me, me time is better just by comparison but because it's 2022 mm-hmm. it stinks so I'll say this it's not funny Kevin Hart is not funny in it Mark Wahlberg is not funny in it and um, if your comedy has CG your comedy is not good that's all I'm going to say like if whenever I see CG in a comedy it's not funny I don't know what it is it's like the rule so um, it is it is unfunny it is not well written incompetently directed um, yeah don't watch it. But if you do watch it, get drunk. You might like it. Um, but no, that's uh, that's my list for stinkers. Um, we are running a little long, but I'll say this. Any final, before we head out of here, guys, any final uh, miscellaneous movies you just want to list before we get out? Christian? I'm just going to add one. Uh, actually, I'll add, I'll, add, I'll add a good one and, and, a, and a, uh, a bad one. Um, oh my god, I, I deleted it because uh, we, we didn't talk about it. Was that one with Sandra Bullock and uh, she's the writer? Oh yeah, the one with uh, Chatham Tanning? Channing, oh. Channing Tatum, yeah. Tatum, um, Tatum Channing, I forget. Yeah. Oh, um, Lost City or something? Uh, it, it, it was, it's okay, you, you didn't like it? No, I heard no, it. The Lost City, so I'm going to talk about it. I heard it was fun. Film, I heard yeah, I'm just going to throw it in there. The Lost City is uh, just a nice, fun film to watch. She's like a, a romance novel writer, and he's the model that goes on the front cover of her mm-hmm. books. And uh, she's smart. He's a bit of a dimwit. Uh, and basically, they find themselves... She gets kidnapped, and he goes to like rescue her, and they end up in essentially being the type of story that she writes. And it's just like a good, nice film. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. It's not brilliant, um, but it's 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 fun, and I, Channing Tatum is hilarious in it as well. So I just thought I'd throw a, a nice one in there, as well. And uh, speaking, I'm going to comment this other film just because of its special effects, because I just finally watched it last night. Um, I know you said that the special effects in uh, Jurassic Park Dominion were terrible. They were. I would argue that uh, Wakanda Forever has worse CGI. <laughs> I'll just say that. That is possibly so, true. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't we didn't bring that up because it's a bit of a nothing film, really. Um, but last night I was just shocked at like for such a major Marvel film at how bad the the costumes and the and the blue screen was. It looked uh, it looked cheap. So pretty much um, that's all. That's pretty much about. what a lot of Marvel films are now. Like, there's been complaints about like the CG being like spread thin and everything. There's been a lot of controversy about that. So. Yeah. It yeah. looks like the poor man's avatar, like even with the blue people and the, all the water <laughs> stuff in it. Yeah, Wakanda for a, sorry. That's my thoughts on it. Well, the, um, they were talking about like the CG producers are like, if you are on a budget, you don't have a lot of time to render. What you do is you render the scenes in the dark because it, it hides yep. the flaws yeah, of yeah. CG. So like there's a reason why like you couldn't see anything in, in Black Panther, like Wakanda forever. It's just, it's too dark. It's not enjoyable to watch. It hurts. So... Hmm. But uh, Sorry. that's okay. Uh, Ethan, that's uh, all, that's final okay. list, final final inclusions. Yeah, yeah, a couple, couple extra bonus ones. Um, I I don't know if you guys saw Uncharted. I kind of loved it. Uh, the one with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. Everyone I think hated it, but <laughs> I don't know. It was super. It was super fun. It, it's not a perfect movie. It kind of like rips off National Treasure here and there. Um, but you know, it's got like flying pirate ships and like silly '80s villains. Um, yeah, it's just like a fun a little adventure movie. Uh, it's the same guy who did Zombieland. 
Um, I thought it was entertaining. I think if you put your critics did you play down, the games? You can, you can Have you ever played the games? I did not. I did not play the games. No. Okay. Pretty much the same as the movie. So. Same set pieces. I enjoyed it for what it was. So. Yeah, it was yeah, fun. I thought it, I thought it was fun. I really, it, I, yeah, it resonated with me definitely. Um, and then another one I wanted to mention, I actually almost mentioned it earlier, was Pearl. Uh, so like, uh, Ty West is something interesting this year. He came out with the movie X, uh, which, in after like Southern core movie, um, starring Mia Goth and like a bunch of other people. Also, Jenna Ortega's in that movie, and. Uh, then the same year, he and Mia Goth made a prequel movie called Pearl, and it's about mm. the villain, who's an old lady, uh, in, in X. She's now a young girl, and it's like, uh, it's kind of like we're talking about Maniac earlier, and we're talking about like a Taxi Driver. It's very much a villain protagonist movie. Um, I just thought it was like, it had like this old school. I think it took place in the. 30s maybe i can't remember but yeah it's very like she's really in the movies uh she kind of has like a fling with a projectionist at the movie theater um who who like it might even been before earlier than this but like yeah she she hopes of being an actress in hollywood moving to california and she is psychotic like the one of the most psychotic uh characters you'll ever see and uh, but she's the protagonist and it's so intriguing and it's like got this technicolor contrast to it uh yeah, I thought it was really cool. I don't know if you guys saw X or Pearl, but definitely uh, Pearl's yeah. better. Yeah, I thought Pearl was definitely better. They, you, you, someone, someone saw Pearl. So, I think, I think that is Pearl. You know, you didn't hear. I had. I live in downtown LA, so uh, yeah. someone's going out there. Someone's. Uh, so, the one um, thing I will say about Pearl is, if you can still hear me, okay, sirens again. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you're fine. Pearl has got the longest, I think, monologue I've ever seen on yeah, screen. Yeah, you know oh my that gosh, was, it was yeah. like a it just it was like going. a Coppola yeah. monologue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then that end shot where she's just smiling into the camera uh, during the yeah. credits. Oh man, yeah. it, it, it's it's so cl- it, the movie is so bizarre and it makes you feel. It definitely evokes like I think like an uneasiness intentionally. And uh, yeah, I just like movies like that that kind of make you feel uneasy, but you can't stop watching them. I was really into it. Yeah, everybody likes everybody likes that little new franchise that just came out of nowhere. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But uh, pretty audacious. But that's how you make movies these days. You're like, you know what? Let's just make another one. Just make another you one. Just do it. We yeah, got, we got like two weeks. So yeah, I uh, need to watch them myself. But um, are those? Is that your wrap up? Anything else? Yeah, just those two. And also, I was disappointed by the Chippendale movie. I think that was uh, another one that I wanted to mention. Which you kind of, which you should have loved, by the way. Like not bad, not bad movie, but also I just wanted it to. I just wanted a little more uh, of like the story instead of it was too like it felt like a Family Guy episode, like joke, 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 and it wasn't. Yeah, I, I just will, want a little more story. I will say this though, um, coming after like Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. It was kind of a letdown because that's one of the the best comedies of like the last fifteen years. And uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, I was okay. My I'm gonna go down. I have a, a couple, but I'm just gonna list them down. Uh, my these are my mid movies, movies that I didn't I didn't think were fantastic or anything, but I worth watching. Um, I was I was gonna put Black Panther on there, but the more I thought about it, the more the movie did not resonate me resonate with me at all. Um, I did find I like the first one better, but you know it's. For a Marvel film, I mean, I didn't really like a lot this year. Uh, so here's my list. I mean, 
Hmm? Sorry, there's one thing in Black Panther. Black Panther doesn't even appear until the two-hour mark of the film. It's a two-hour, 40-minute movie. So that <laughs> tells you something. It feels, anyway. it feels like they couldn't market the movie as like a cultural thing like the first one. They tried. It did not work. Like, yeah. Need for Speed. Need for Speed. Okay. Oh, Vin Diesel's here. He's here. He's like, hey, you didn't like my movie? So uh, here's, my, <laughs> here's my list. Um, this one was nominated for Best Picture, but for me, it was okay. Triangle of Sadness was a lot of fun um, until it wasn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you see it? <laughs> Did anybody it, see it? Very on the note. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it was it was it was it was exactly what you think. I'm, I've seen this story before. You know, the boat capsizes and the rich snots become the the weak, and the weak become the rich snots. It's it's well made. I don't like. I I don't know why it's not made for best picture, but it's. It's got a meandering middle, but for the most part, it's well made. It's it's the best where they're like having the argument and that whole thing. I love that part actually. Oh yeah, and like Woody Harrelson's really good in it too, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah. But the he woman is. who plays um the Filipino cook who you know takes out the trash and the garbage, but she becomes the lord and forces the model to have sex with her is interesting. <laughs> She's an interesting character. Um, here's a movie that nobody saw: yeah. Armageddon Time. Um. A lot, it, out of all the movies about growing up Jewish, this is the second best of the year. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to say it. Um, who did it? Um, James Gray did it. I don't know if you're a fan of his films or anything. Like, they're not for everybody. He did Ed Astra in The City of Z. But, um, no, it's fun. It's 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 interesting. Uh, it tries to delve into race versus Jewish. doesn't really connect, but it's, it's a good movie. Uh, next is The Whale. Um, I did not like this movie as much as you did, Christian. And I'll tell you why. Um, Brendan Fraser is awesome in it. He's very, very good. Uh, Chong Hao uh, was overrated. She Nobody deserves any acting awards in this movie except for Brendan Fraser. Every, everybody acts like they're in a stage play at a dinner theater. But my question to you about the whale, I think this character is horrible. I think he's a horrible human being. I think what he did to his daughter was terrible, and he's not likable. And I know he flew into, space, it flew into heaven at the end. Spoiler. But... Do you remember? Do you see the wrestler uh, that came out like? Two, yeah, yeah. It's the same. That movie's brilliant. The movie's brilliant, but it's the same exact ending, isn't it? Like if you think about it, it's the same exact ending as the whale. Uh, but um, the only nice person in this movie, the only good person in the whale, is the pizza delivery guy who leaves the poor guy pizzas, and he shows some concern for him. Everybody else wants something from him. They want money. They want this. They want that. But no, he just wants. He. he I mean, he's just cares about him he's the pizza man but that's it i don't know i i'm pretty sure the pizza guy was one of the data was like interested in him and then he saw what he looked like and then he lost interest that's kind of what exactly. i watched, so maybe I it <laughs> but it's like but i i actually think i'm not gonna look if you haven't seen the whale cover your ears i actually think he made his daughter complicit in his suicide i think he was using the daughter to kill himself and I think that was so he basically is re-traumatizing the daughter that he left because he probably had an illicit underage sexual affair with a student. And when everybody was repulsed by him, he made the daughter read that so he would get up and kill himself. I think he's a terrible person. I think he's selfish and he, and he put everybody in pain. He's a horrible person, but a good performance. So Brendan Fraser was great. Mm, um, OK, was. next on my list. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, another gay romance, but unlike Bros, this one is actually really good. I don't know if you saw it, if anybody saw this. Um, I don't think it made any money. Um, who is the guy who played uh, on Big Bang Theory? Uh, he has a, what was that called? Jim Parsons? Oh, um, Jim Parsons, yeah. Yeah, Jim Parsons. This is, this, is, this is a movie that does not shove its politics in your face. It's well acted. It's sweet. 
it's nobody saw it, <laughs> but nobody saw Bros either. So uh, next on my list is the one foreign film I think is Broker. I don't know if you guys saw Broker. Um, mm-hmm. It it's a Korean film directed by one of my favorite Japanese directors, a guy called uh, Hirokazu Koride. He's got a series now, I think, on Net, on Apple or something. But he's one of my favorite. I don't know what you'd call the genre. I don't know if you guys watch anime or or anything like that. But they call it slice of life, mm-hmm. where you just show yeah. normal people reacting to situations. And he's again, he's fantastic. He's one of my favorite. I guess one of my favorite directors. But this one's about um, people leaving babies to be adopted, and this this uh, this group steals the babies and tries to sell them. But along the way, they learn lessons, and it's sweet. It's kind. It's not very. It's not the most memorable film, but as far as that thing goes, it's a South Korean film directed by a Japanese guy. Very interesting. Um, got two on my list, both kind of animated, and that's it. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog two. I don't know why it's on my list. Didn't really, <laughs> did not really resonate with me, except for the fact that I, have you guys seen Sonic the Hedgehog two? No, I didn't see the first one to be honest. Not terrible. I saw um, the first one, but not the second one. Not terrible, but there's this weird thing. It's kind of bizarre because it's not as good as the first. But there's this weird scene in the movie, right? I'm not going to stress it. I'm going to spoil it for you. There's a weird scene in this children's film about Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Follow me here. Sonic the Hedgehog, for children, this movie stops and becomes a wedding drama about a secondary character for like 40 minutes. And then it goes back to being a Sonic movie. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. It's kind of audacious. It's like Triangle of Sadness. It's like Triangle of Sadness. It's like, what the hell just They happened? went away from the protagonist for like 45 minutes. They did. They literally stopped yeah. talking about Sonic the Hedgehog and talk about a non-main character's wedding for like half the movie. It's crazy. Uh, don't ask... Don't, don't get it, though. It's like, a, it's like one of those... Um, what do they call it? Backdoor pilots back in the 80s. Like, oh, who are these characters that I don't care about? Yeah. Oh, they're going to get their own show. <laughs> You're not getting your own show, lady. Um, and my last movie is a movie you did not like. Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. I actually kind of dug this a little bit. Um, I didn't love it, uh, but I appreciated it because, again, I, I'm a sucker for live action and animation when it's done well. And I thought the effects were actually pretty good. Again, I thought it was yeah, kind of tame. Were. I thought it was kind of tame. But the, the best scene in the movie is, again, with Seth Rogen. I don't know why I keep bringing him up. But Seth Rogen, um, when he plays the Uncanny Valley CG character that's making oh, fun of... Yes. Um, <laughs> he's making fun of video games or, or, or like Robert Zemeckis movies in the 2000s yeah. that don't look real. I wanted more of that. I wanted more of that concept. I wanted them to play off that more. Like it was like yeah. they're, they're, they're going way too in on all these jokes except the, like the best one, which was that one. But I will say this, though. Um... Did you ever notice that when you look at Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers, one of them is wearing the leather bomber jacket and one of them is wearing a Hawaiian shirt? Mm-hmm. You know where that's from? Just I just learned it this year. You ready for this? Going to blow your mind. Starsky and Hutch. No, the leather bother, bomber jacket is from Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones. Oh. And the Hawaiian mm-hmm. shirt, yep. right, is from uh, uh-huh. Magnum P.I., Oh well, yeah, that makes sense. Because oh, he wow. was because he was supposed to be Indiana Jones. Oh, that's cool. There's oh, your li- there's your little there's your little nice. uh, slice of useless um, information. I did think John Mulaney was an awful 
awful voice actor, by the way. He's I thought you, he well, kinda, he's usually pretty bad. I mean, he's not a very good voice actor. He kind of ruined. He ruined a lot of that movie for me. Like the lines, but, I wasn't laughing at funny lines because just the way he delivered them was just really but bad. He was, wasn't he the bad guy in Puss in Boots? Uh, he uh, he was actually yeah he was good in that one yeah he was pretty good in that one but he's yeah I mean give or take he's one of those people like you like him or you don't like he's good or he's not like he had, one, he had one good stand up special and his other two are his other two big ones are kind of not good but what was that what was that kid handsome or something I forget I think kid I gorgeous that kid was gorgeous. that one kind of sucks but no his good one is um is a uh, new in town that's the one okay that's really, um yeah. I'm on the fence with him I'll like I said give or take he's kind of like uh who's the who's the other guy who played the other uh, Chippendale uh, oh Andy Samberg Andy Samberg yeah like he's hit or miss with me too I mean Dick in the Box yeah. was fine but pop star never stopped never stopping or that, whatever it's called was funny so that was my whole college was Lonely Island just every really? time and, yeah oh yeah it, they were big when I was in college and so every time they came out with a new video we were we would all sit around and watch I just, it I never thought they'd go to Disney you know I just it doesn't seem like it would fit but whatever um, okay, we went on a little long, but it was all in good fun. So mm-hmm. before we wrap up, any final thoughts that you guys want to say before we close out 2022 films? Christian? Um, no, I, I don't have anything to add. I think I covered it pretty well. Cool. <laughs> Ethan? Um, no, watch Brian and Charles, I guess. <laughs> that's on the list. Uh, yeah. I, I and think, Meet Cute. And Meet Cute. So that's, that's what these whole lists are all about. It's about finding stuff that and about the friends we made along the way so um and if you have to watch one pinocchio movie this year don't watch don't watch the Polly shore pinocchio that happened that was a real thing it happened this year so but i will leave everybody with that uh like i said if you're going to watch the academy awards let's see how close we came i think we made some good predictions i think we made some uh we made some suggestions that would never be considered by the academy awards but that's why we're cool so with that, you have been listening to the Pop Star Podcast. This has been the Movie Time Podcast. Uh, this is one of your hosts, Nathan Evans. Uh, the other gents in the back, that is Ethan Brem. Ethan, thank you very much. Thanks. And Christian Sterling. Christian, thank you once again. You and all your uh, city baggage, all your alarms and, <laughs> and police cars. <laughs> so, uh, Thank you. That's color commentary. We love it. And with that, we want to thank everybody. Hopefully you have a great, you had a great new year. Have a great, safe, happy Valentine's Day and all that stuff, and we will see everybody next time. Bye bye. She got you jumping off the deck, shoving in the overdrive. Thanks for listening to the Pop Zara Podcast. Remember to like, follow, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or service.